The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, what's up? Chapter 11 of Gypsy Tales is coming at you right now. First of all, thanks to everyone that has been listening. We're going to actually start doing some intros to these, I guess, as the audience base gets a little bit broader, I think I'm going to have to start doing some intros to actually who we're talking to and why we're talking to them. This week, we are talking to my good mate, Todd Waters. Todd has been a friend of mine for over 10 years, I guess, back when he was on 80s, um, both just teenagers up in Cairns. And I'd kind of say he's one of those mates that has progressed from just a, a friend to family. So it's been really cool watching where he's come from and what he's been able to achieve for those of you who don't know who todd is he is a professional motocross and supercross athlete he's just come back from uh two years in the world championship he managed to get a podium over there then he came back to australia for last year was kind of hampered with injuries and now he is actually ditching factory equipment for the first time in his career and heading over to the u.s for this summer as a full-blown privateer yeah, it was a really cool podcast. It's always good when you talk to a guy that's known you so long and doesn't really care if the cameras are there or not. Wasn't scared to talk shit and blow me out on a couple of occasions, but that's what makes it fun. Um, this podcast is brought to you by nobody. Uh, we still haven't really chased the sponsor thing too hard, but I will say a special thanks to my younger brother, Maddie McAlpine and his crew at Alpine Group jump onto their website alpinegroup.com see what those guys have going on they do just a ton of stuff from athlete management to like social media work they build a ton of websites pretty handy shop to be involved with if you're looking for anyone in that kind of creative space all right without further ado we'll get into this conversation with todd waters just a little bit of a heads up we had some technical difficulty the first time we recorded the podcast so we actually went in and recorded the, tried to re-record the first 20 minutes um, just because the video messed up. So um, for those of you who are watching, you'll see two different types of filming. But for those of you listening, you should really notice too much. All right. Gypsy Tales, Chapter 11. We on? We on? We doing it? Yeah. Yeah, we're on. Put it, put it up to your mouth this time, mate. Righto. No need to be like that, mate. Well, there's frustration mounting because this is the second time we've done this intro, Todd. 
uh, we had a technical difficulty first time around. Yeah. So then I've, I've started editing the podcast and I've gone, oh, we're missing like 15 minutes of Todd's video. So instead of subjecting the audience to 15 minutes of straight me and no Todd, <laughs> we come back to, to do it again because it's quite convenient. Todd only lives like 10 minutes, not even five minutes from here. And uh, we were, Todd wore the same clothes. He's got his hat <laughs> and his same thing. And uh, we were gonna we're like, set. we were gonna make it look the same. And I was like, nah, look, let's not lie to the people. Yeah. Like the mistake was made. <laughs> let's just try and copy our first twenty minutes of last uh, the last time we did it. So Todd, yeah. how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Jace. We're just uh, cruising. It's been raining a bunch here since our last podcast, which mm. wasn't so long ago. But uh, uh, we we're doing a bit of surfing back then. Um, from then, I've actually. Yeah, I dislocated my knee while I was training and I got a bucket tear to my meniscus. So that was a little bit of uh, drama considering I'm training. I'm in my preseason to head over to New Zealand uh, via the States. I'm going to the States after that. So uh, that was a bit stressful sort of stressful period of my training for sure. So it's a setback. Um, lucky enough, meniscus tears, yes, they take a long time, like six months if you get it repaired, but there's an option just to get it so what it was was a bucket handle. So the meniscus flapped out like a bucket handle sort of goes to the side. Uh, but what happens is it goes into your joint. It can flip into your joint and lock your joint. Uh, that's what I had. So I couldn't hyperextend my knee properly. Probably had about to the 5% of uh, being able to hyperextend. And that's a problem uh, in everyday life because your VMO muscle doesn't switch on. And unfortunately, I snapped my ACL. So I need those muscles to be firing to keep my knee stable. So I uh, went in, um, Dr. Tony O'Neill. Uh, it's kind of sad when you've got his personal number and you can just you shoot just him a text him, message. Yeah. <laughs> or you dumb your knee, bro. <laughs> so that's, uh, lots of people laugh about that when I talk about that side of things. But the fact was Sunday afternoon, um, no, Saturday afternoon, I text Tony, I said, hey, um, what's up dude <laughs> I was just like hey Tony uh, I've got a problem um, can you have a look at this scan report I've done a bucket tear can you book me in and Tony said yeah look Wednesday pop in Wednesday unless you want to do it sooner and I said oh sooner would be great if it's possible and he said oh come in 6 o'clock Monday morning and I'll I'll cut it out for you so he basically just looked at the report uh, which is just a typed up report of what the MRI guys when you get your scans done they just do a, a report and send it to your physio and doctor and he just uh, yeah went keyhole in pretty much like a nose trimmer and just trimmed it all out and good as gold yeah right yeah so that's um, yeah it's quite quite an experience I guess for everyday people that I talk to they freak out but for me I'm like man I limped into this hospital couldn't be, like straighten my leg properly and uh pretty much skipped out of the place which is a that's a win for me i've never had an operation like that before normally if you get a screw removed like yeah. that's a week of maybe some bone ache and whatnot whereas i literally walked out of there going oh this my, feels good my brain's gone hang on you walked in here sore what's going on so i actually went for a push bike ride uh, the next morning down the beach just to make sure the thing's moving and now i've been back to training not on the bike uh go see him tomorrow so it's been a week Go see 
Tony and um, yeah, get the okay and off we go. And then Tuesday we'll go over ride at uh, Red Ives, pl- new place that we've been riding at. Yeah, so I haven't been there yet. I've seen yeah. you and Tobes went out there. Yeah, it was sick. Um, so he's got like a so Maddie and Sawley and Kuiper, they they're all mates of them for like from way back. Yeah. And then I met him at the six hour, and um, then he was like, "Dude, come ride our place." And it just I've you know been away and stuff. And then finally Maddie was like dude go ride at Ives place so we're like all right sick and then i've actually been riding with toby a little bit yeah and then he's got it's like just a cow paddock but that's coaching with toby isn't it well yeah i'm trying to help him yeah yeah, yeah really i thought it was more coaching for toby well, I'd, leading into I'd almost this. say like mentor yeah like more mentoring like oh, i'm trying that... to just help him be better like what townley did with you you know yeah well i've got to explain that you're actually helping his riding i think just him to the next level i think just him riding with me yeah help, you know like i don't actually have to try like i just yeah. think it's like one of those association things i guess it gives him the chance to be able to watch you and and like have someone to catch you yeah. know but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so it's like, yeah, grass paddock. And then we got there and he was like, oh, Toby, just ride where you think the track should go. Yeah. So then we just followed Toby. Oh, yeah. Right. There'd be a few circle. logs and rocks in that track, wouldn't there? Well, then he's got a full on enduro loop yeah. after it. So you can do the lap of the motocross track. And then he's made these bridges. And then it's like a full rocky bank thing. Like it's hard. It's pretty, it's technical. Yeah. And then you go across the bank into another cow paddock across like the river and then you've got a couple of like enduro sections and then it links perfectly back onto the motocross track. Nice. So you could do, it's two and a half Ks. Yep. For the, if you do the whole thing or you just do the motocross track. Yeah. And right. after the rain, if we get a few of us out there, it should actually cut up pretty sick. Yeah. But yeah, he was frothing like it was pretty rad because he's got, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, dude, just yeah. tell me what to do out there and we'll do it. So hopefully we get like a skid steer out there and like lip up a couple ramps and stuff. So yeah, it's quite funny because Maddie. Uh, he come in here one day and I met him and Matty Kuiper yeah he's a full so, legend but Matty McAlpine mm. uh, was telling me he's got a block and stuff and he was keen to do a track and I was like yeah I'll, I'll be keen to help out and when I when I met Matty in here uh, I said oh yeah dude build a motocross track like are you keen to build a supercross track as well like I can get some boys and we'll build a supercross track and he's like oh like how much dirt's that yeah well, he would do it <laughs> so but it'd be a bit I reckon when but, I reckon when Supergrass comes around because it's only and it took me fifty minutes from Mum and Dad's. Oh yeah, so it's not far. Yeah, but it's sick. The dirt's good. Yeah, it's cow shit everywhere. My bike still got cow shit all over. Oh, I feel it. like back home on the farm at Nana and Granddad's. It's the back same the thing. Day. It's the same exact same thing, dude. Yeah, I got cow shit on my lip. <laughs> like it flicked up off my front wheel and I was like <laughs> I had to pull over man I was like on the bottom of my goggles <laughs> oh, I was fucked um, so yeah we're talking about the when we first did this we were talking about you going to America yep. and it hadn't really been released but has it been released now did someone has anyone like actually has it come out it was like a week ago yeah so I guess this is this is why I didn't because we could have released the audio of the podcast, but I yeah. wanted to ha- you to have a clip of saying what you were going to do with your video and and everything. So chuck yeah. your Honda hat on, mate. Oh yeah, it's okay. going to go on social. This is the clip. This is the part where you tell everybody. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Headphones are going back I can't on. Here. What'd you say? What's happened here? Mate, the childproof. Are you serious? Give him here, mate. That yep, way. now flip it up. Flip it up, flip it up, flip it up. That way. Yep, 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 yeah, he's got it. 
Look at that. Look at this lad. Pull away from Atherton, eh? Pull the mic in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing next year or this year? So this, it's soon. What are you doing soon? Yeah, soon. We're, we're heading off to New Zealand. We're going to do two rounds there. And then, yeah, then we're shooting over the States. About five five months over there doing the outdoor championship. Oh, so, damn. Yeah, damn. It's going to be sick. Big Todd flying excited. the coop, leaving the factory ride. Yeah. I'm a bit gutted. I still haven't got me a Cobra. So I don't know how I'm going to go in the States without me a Cobra. you got to get Matty drunk and he'll buy you one online. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he did to Weaver. Weaver. <laughs> go out for a big night and Weaver scores a $300 a Cobra. Yeah, that was, a bad like, deal. it was like three in the morning and Matty goes the next day. He's like, oh, I bought Luke one last night. And I was like, where'd you buy one? It was just out and down. He's like, oh, no, I got online. Uh, hey, mate, just close to the mic. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> no, so that's sick. So you're going to go over there. Um, and what's the logistical plan of it? How's it all going to work? Yeah, I'm just more of a free spirit. I just float with the air. Just things fall into place, I guess. You're going to do your own gypsy tail. Yeah, own gypsy tail. Pretty much, that's what we're doing. We're going to do um, start a YouTube channel, like have a bit bit of uh, like behind the scenes. Because I, when I raced World Championship, um, I got thrown in the deep end. I was just... You know, 22-year-old kid just racing here for KDM and Rob Tyrell got me a gig to race over there and before I knew it, I was flying back and forth three, four times before the championship started and, um, yeah, racing Italian championships. Uh, you know, first time I've ever seen snow, I actually rode in it and raced an ice track. Like, just crazy things and people don't, you know, they just see photos and like, oh, sick, Todd got third in the Italian championship and then went to guitar and I went to all these amazing places, but, you know. You didn't really kind of document it properly. Nah, nothing. I put nothing. Maddie was on to me. Like, Maddie does all my social media stuff and websites and so on. And Maddie was like, dude, you need to be like posting stuff. I was like, man, you do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, at that point, I didn't care and I didn't have didn't have wi-fi like i hardly even touched my phone my parents didn't hear from me no one heard from me like i was just living it and that's all good and well but it was i look back on it now and i'm kind of like man i wish i kind of i rode for one of the biggest teams in the world and experienced some really cool things and people don't understand what's behind the scenes yeah and you can't when you follow tony crawley you don't see that you don't see any of this with well, it's crazy, anyway. like, with Caroli, like, you sort of see him go to the race and all that sort of stuff. Like, the dude, that guy lives in Milan. Like, yeah. he lives in downtown Milan, like, one of the fashion capitals of the world. <laughs> he's, like, his street that he lives on is, like, three, 4,000-year-old cobblestone yeah. paths. Like, it's just such a different world. And, like, yeah, yeah unless you've been to Europe, to you, it's hard to relate, eh? So, oh. you sort of, you just, I guess you see... You'd think it'd be more like here, but it's like, it's just, it's such a completely different world oh, over there. Like, we we used to go over the start of the year and we'd go to, to Spain, to Red Sands, the track's called. They're actually having a GP there this coming year. Um, so that's where everyone goes. If you see Tony Crowley, you see like the any of the KDM guys, Husqvarna guys, they're all there on this beautiful, mad Red Sand track. And there's probably three, four tracks in the facility. And... It's probably two hours or so from Barcelona. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't really take any notice, but (laughs) (laughs) as most things, that's why I got to document this stuff, man. (laughs) So you remember it. Yeah. No, so, um, and you just pull up and it's it's winter, so it's freezing cold. It's like two degrees um, and there's not a soul to be seen. Like you're on this amazing beach 
uh, overcast, cold as hell, and just skyscrapers everywhere, cafes and that. Everything's shut. It's hard to even find places open. And the place that we stay, um, Harry Everts actually organizes a lot of it. And you stay at this massive complex, like hotel. It's got um, all-you-can-eat buffet in it. So every meal is buffet. They pretty much cater for all the riders. All the riders are staying there. They've got a gym there with Townley and um, Everts, all the guys' jerseys in it. So it's like a full like camp. So we yeah. go there for like three, probably three, four weeks at the start to do preseason. WP come, we test. Um, so that's, you know, and like you said, I remember Tyler Adderay was my teammate at the time and he had American Express credit cards and I'm just coming over with a travel card and there's, we couldn't even find ATMs half the time. Like you go to a place and they're like, oh no, cash only, cash only. And you're like, what? Where do I get cash? Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk out on the cobblestone street and you're like, what is this stuff, man? <laughs> like, yeah, like you said, it's complete different. But what we see, you follow Jeffrey Hurlings and you're like, man, that track's sick. Yeah, you, you like, just see like that yeah. really limited, just the track. And then you yeah. see just the haulers and the race. And then that gets a little bit familiar because you see like yeah. Teschenthal or whatever it's called in yeah. Germany. Like you see that a few times and then you see Lamel. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's all of that auxiliary stuff that, yeah, yeah, people just you have no idea unless you actually do it. Yeah, like Lommel, you know, yeah, you've seen the GP, but I lived on the fence that was man I could spit to the track so when I'd come home from a GP on oh, Sunday night Monday afternoon I'm hearing bikes go around Lommel like it's open That's all so the time sick. like you know so do they the ever things, prep that track dude they do and it is but it lasts like two minutes retarded fast you go out there and it's so scary like it's just fast and big they change over there they're like oh GP let's chuck some 100 foot triples in and like deeper sand track ever and they're putting these mad big jumps in and stuff when you go there on a practice day they just turn them into big singles and you're just launching it out onto the flat and because they just get bumps so it just makes yeah, and then it gets rough and yeah so, so i guess they'd make it super fast because it gets so slow hmm. as it just gets rough and then yeah. if, if you made it slow to start with it'd just be like bop, yeah bop. so like they'd have to make it that yeah. open yeah right yeah so it's I don't know I'd, there's so many things like when I first went there the forests around Lommel are the scariest things you've ever seen I, it's like running it's like Blair Witch Project sort of thing like really? you just go on jogging you're thinking man a wolf's gonna eat me or so I went back and I said to uh, one of the mechanics Bart who lives there and I said hey Bart like what's gonna eat me like what's gonna get me out there just so I know like I'm not scared I just wanna know to look out for something like there's a bear gonna jump on me or something and he was like, just laughed at me. He's like, only thing's going to get you is a human. And I was like, nah, but serious. Like, do you have wolves here? Because it's honestly cold, like dark. Just yeah, you'd think it's just sketchy. Little, I'm looking for snakes and I know there's not snakes there. It's yeah. just built in us. But yeah, so that's, they're the things that I want to capture. You know, it's not going to be as good in America. Um, it'll be a bit more of a story of us going over and, and getting a camper and how we go about it and um, visas and you know and, and go on for the journey because a lot of Australians they watch the American stuff that's what Australia focuses on yeah so um, yeah it's kind of my experience in Europe I, I'd like I would have liked to have told a bit of a story and I'm going to try and do that this time around yeah and I think that like you and Dean you guys were kind of responsible for putting the 
GP stuff kind of back on the map a little bit for Australians because, yeah, I mean, before we had like Townley and Coppins mm. that, that we'd sort of watch and then there was like a little bit of a dry spell of Aussies and then you and Dean went over there. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of I, – I feel like you guys actually sort of brought it back a little bit for us. Now we've got Hunter over there who's just yeah. killing it. Like he could be an Aussie world champion like really, oh, yeah. really soon. He's our best chance and he's – done it perfectly well yeah we were talking about that last time you yeah. said that he did it right by going over there so young yeah now yeah, he's got time to develop and you can see that they are because he's allowed to develop he can get your 12th place and then get an eighth and you know so did you feel like that? you just had pressure from the first like you just had to be on the box from the go like you didn't feel like you had any time to get a 12th and learn from yeah it. well as a rider you always are like that but you know they from Husvana's side they were like yeah, yeah you know top 15s top 10s would be would be great for you to be in there um well we we're getting sevenths and sixth um at my first i was running sixth in the championship by my third gp and um and then we got injured and from then then it just you know all of a sudden like max got injured the next year and and i'd got a podium and and we needed to be that guy yeah i hadn't like 10 10 ever gps in my life and we got a podium you know, it's that's not a lot of experience. I don't know where the tracks go. You know, we're we're flying to, you know, we go to somewhere like Spain or to all these sort of GP tracks in Europe. These guys have grown up on them. Like Crowley's done twenty odd years on these tracks. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's an advantage or disadvantage. I'm well, just, it's got to be an advantage for sure. But yeah. like to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a as a rider, you don't want to make excuses because on the day everyone's yeah. doing the same thing. But I mean that habit yeah. like if you come over if Crowley came over here you'd have an advantage at a track like Toowoomba yeah you know what I mean but you know I'm saying like Crowley's a he's world class if you're fast you're fast that's yeah. how it is but I would have liked to have been able to develop into it and that's what Hunter's doing yeah. and that's what brings you need all those little pieces of the puzzle and him spending you know he's spending another, I believe he's going to the States after so, next year or yeah, after this year maybe after this year yeah, yeah. so you know it would have been do you like, reckon he should have tried to spend another couple of years there to try and win a world title or do you reckon the sooner you get to the states the better oh it just depends what you're after like if i was in that position i probably would have done it exactly like townley i think townley did it perfectly you know and tyler radray they both did it pretty similar yeah they went they won world championships and then they went over to the states you know i, I don't know I, I like the world championship atmosphere and the vibes and that um but like you talk to Ben and um, Tyler and they say, oh, America's so much easier. Yeah, it's English so speaking. much easier, dude. Yeah. So much easier. So when you're young, you can handle that. And yeah. I was I was fine with all that sort of stuff. Because it was an experience for you as well. Like yeah. you hadn't traveled a lot before that. No, nah, nothing. Oh, just in Australia. But yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think what we're up to, I'm excited for. That's for sure. Like I kind of, I, tr- I just went through like three years of just, man, we're, we'd be racing in Italy and then you jump on a plane to Qatar, Thailand, back to France. And then you'd go like, what was it? 32 hour flight to Argentina with something like three stopovers. Yeah. You know, like, and then you'd be racing the next weekend or you might have a weekend off. Then you go straight to Thailand. Yeah. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Like just insane. You can't even think. And then I come back here to Australia and it's like, um, okay, we have the first round, then we have two weeks off and you're like, oh, two weeks, but it's only a one day format. Like it's, yeah. 
over there you do twice the amount of riding on a weekend so your body and your tracks are brutal so it was um i guess i got itchy feet a little bit like i come back here and i've been to all the tracks and it just felt really old to me and i'm like man i i need to go on a holiday yeah. <laughs> i need to go and race and i'm excited to i miss racing and seeing guys that are just performing at an incredible level like yeah. you know it's big in in the gps and it's big in america you know to see crowley or your ken roxons and tomax like that's cool yeah so i'm keen to get back and and have that feeling on the start line lined up next to them going far out yeah yeah just yeah. ready to ready to get amongst it sort yeah. of thing yeah it would be it'd be hard to sustain motivation in australia and especially like it's not like the series is really progressing that much either like i mean i guess you don't have to comment on it but from an outside perspective it's like i don't care about the first round yeah like if jats and you weren't in it yeah i wouldn't even look to see who won yeah because like there's there's no hype gets built there's no you don't you aren't excited for any new tracks you, you're not gonna see anything that you wouldn't see at a sunny state yeah you know what i mean it's like there's the jumps aren't bigger the tracks aren't better like yeah you know and then the, the the there's so many sick tracks that it just doesn't even go to yeah like make it a legit aussie title go to gum valley every year go to wanneroo like man why isn't manji not in it yeah you know what i mean like go to the good shit and i'll be yeah. pumped to see it like i don't want to see horsham i don't want to see appen you know yeah. what i mean like it's like the 80 tracks in yeah a way. so it'd be hard to sustain like especially coming off the european series where it's like Argent- uh, argentina is like the yeah. craziest looking track ever Dude, that's my favorite place in the whole world and it's a huge crowd when we were going out there, I had to drive up the side of all these cars and they were trying to block me because they're thinking I'm just trying to push in the lane. But we had to go out for practice. Like me and Nathan Watson are in the car and I'm just pinned up the side of everyone. The traffic, I've never seen anything like it. Like the amount of people it went. And um, it's kind of crazy seeing all the military. They were cruising around like when you watch um, Narcos, like those sort of oh, dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... Hey, what's happening? Today, <laughs> yeah, you don't see many AK forty sevens at sporting events in Australia. Yeah, no, but I, I kind of think it's sad. When I was growing up, we had a lot of kids on the gate. Like yeah. we'd go to a junior Aussie title, sixties, eighties. There were eighty odd kids. We had to qualify. You'd get so nervous that you weren't going to qualify. You know, like what if I crash and don't qualify? We come all, like, we've driven all the way to Adelaide, man. That's like three days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and whereas now, like, and when I was a kid, every Sunday, so Saturday used to be the Supercross. Jay Marmont and Ryan Marmont used to race. So I used to love watching them. And the next day it would be televised on Channel 10. Yeah. So it'd be at lunchtime, I think it was. I'd run in, we'd watch it, and then off we'd carry on doing our thing. Um, so that's gone and then they used to do the MX National stuff as well. And that's back when they used to have cameras like yeah, a meter back long. Yeah, in the 90s. That, you know, I don't even know how they went about editing the things. Yeah. You know, now you got, they could edit something with a GoPro. Like, yeah. you know, there's so much at people's fingertips now and and it's not getting done. I'd, it's, it's, it's hard to even find out who wins. Yeah. So it's, 
I think that that kind of and I know they've got um, they've got the coverage on the website like on yeah. the MX Nationals website but it kind of like it'd be nice like you flicking through and the road racing comes on yeah and you're like oh there's nothing on I'm gonna watch that you know just for an everyday person yeah you know that doesn't happen with our sport anymore it used to and it used to be pretty big yeah and that doesn't happen anymore like Jill's parents my girlfriend's parents don't flick through and go oh there's Todd Todd's racing this weekend you know we do see on that dope Honda commercial no that's only on pay TV is it (laughs) (laughs) and that's if you're watching Supercross (laughs) what do you what do you you say on that I'm Todd Waters I ride red and I get head (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, what are you selling? Uh, Lubricants or something, are you? Yeah. How fitting. Oh, that was a bit of a... That was my first time at a commercial and it was a bit strange. Should have just asked Toby, mate. He's, he does them all, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see Toby on a Rogaine. Like, you know what? how Shane Warne does the ones about growing your hair back? Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a live mullet. <laughs> how good would it be? All right. I'm t- uh, Dakar champion Toby Price. <laughs> Just last year, my hair was terrible. <laughs> Six months under Shane Warne and Rogaine, my mullet. <laughs> Could you imagine it? It'd be so good. Oh, that'd be classic. We need to make Matty reach out to Rogaine. Yeah. We have to get Toby on that program. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, man. I can say that because I'm his coach. Yeah. Uh, Coaches get away with everything. Yeah, we can. How was uh, the Townley thing? It was good. Yeah. I haven't had much to do with Townley before. Um, like even personally? Oh, I've raced him. Like that's but how, you haven't like hung out with him much? Nah, nah. So um, Townley's, yeah, he's a top dude. Like he's... He's one of the naturally coolest people yeah. I've ever met. But like from a racing point of view, like side, he's super focused. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that era, like Billy McKenzie, Billy's so focused, like at the racetrack, you know, I'm a competitor, same with Ben. Um, whereas, I don't know, and that's my personality. If you're a huge sponsor or you're not, if you're just some kid's dad, I treat you all the same. Like, I'll be there chatting to some dude that he's a Tyler or something, like, you know, because yeah. I, I just, like, think everyone's rad. Yeah. And I don't lick anyone's bum. So if, if this dude's got heaps of cash, I don't care. Like, that's just how I am. So from from that side of it, yeah, I think. Whereas Townley's in the zone all yeah. the time. Like, he's blocking out every distraction. But yeah. like you said, it's sort of that generation in a way. For me, like, if I'm walking the start line and I'm, like, visualizing the start and doing all this and focus and I can't talk to you and I go, crap, man. Yeah. I'm the best when I'm just like, hey, dude, what's happening? Like, you know, just really relaxed, empty-headed. Yeah. Like, that's my biggest thing is just being blank. So yeah. I'm just cruising up the start line. When I sit on that start line, as soon as I look at that gate, my head, that's all I'm focused on. That's all it takes to get you in the zone kind of thing. Yeah, but it's, I work a lot on having a a blank mind because that's when you perform the best. Like not going up there and having a voice in your head going, come on, come on, come on, come on, or whatever. It's just distraction for me. Yeah. And everyone's got their own, their own take on it, eh? People listen to music, all that sort of stuff. But, um, so Billy- yeah. Because <laughs> that's got to help. We won't go into that. <laughs> that's, got, that's got to help, eh? I've heard, oh, man, uh, one of the Americans in Supercross this year, he'd just scream. 
Yeah, it's so Five second, on, eh? like 30 second board goes up and he's just yelling like top note. And Do you I'm remember how psycho Ken used going, to go? What is this dude doing? Like, maybe you should just focus, bro. Yeah, just <laughs> chill, man. Did you, you remember how Ken used to go like crazy when he was in the lights class? Yeah. He'd like punch the air and punch himself oh. and shit. Oh, well, he, he's won a lot. Yeah, he can do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. So yeah, back to Townley. We, yeah, we, so yeah. Townley, as a racer, like I've raced him and he was just super focused. Didn't, like I like to chat to everyone and, um, you know, understandably didn't give too much and I was opposition kind of thing. I was, Man, when it came in 2012, I was nowhere near him. Yeah. Josh Coppins and I are battling for second. Uh, I got second to last moto, and I think Townley beat us by like 30, 40 seconds. I was, I thought I won the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just retarded, to tell you the truth. That's He was so fast, man. When he was, and then Chad gave him the ride to go to the States. Yeah, and he crashed And then he hurt Kuna. himself. Yeah. Like, Gutted. But at the end of the day, the dude retires for, what, two years or so, and just... I don't know his program in, a, in a New Zealand, but I imagine he just rode every now and again. And and then he come and did the GP. And then, so I was over in Europe. He did the um, Glen Helen GP to lead into it. So yeah, for sure he would have been training and stuff, but he'd had a fair bit off. Um, and he just slots straight back in. Yeah, and he just, I, don't, I can't remember what he did at Glen Helen, but then the, the next race at Urn A, he whole shots the thing and leads. And I think it's second or third. Like He's a freak. Yeah, he's just unbelievable. He's just gnarly on a bike. So this was the first time I've actually spent with Ben, yep. like away from things with, and with Ben, with Ben, yeah, Ben. <laughs> oh, good Ben. Oh, sick. <laughs> nah, he's such a good dude. Eh? Yeah, so it's good. Um, yeah, he helped me out a bunch. Like I've never had a anyone even help me with riding before. Like, it, yeah, sometimes I'm like... Mate, you owe your whole career to Greg Moss. Like, what are you yeah, talking about? that's right. <laughs> no, it's a... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't shit on people, I won't throw you under the bus. No, it was just funny back in the day. You used to hear all that stuff. But yeah, like, Dad, sometimes it's like, man, Dad, like, like what do you reckon? How do I look? Oh, good, mate. Yeah, no, you're oh, right, right, eh? Oh, I was just overchanging this bloke's tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, what do you reckon? Oh, you're doing good, mate. Just keep like, it up, mate. You're right. Yeah, like, yeah, but like leg up or just something. Give us some feedback, man. But it's hard when you're like, but you, you're trying to compete at the highest level. You know what I mean? So it's like, unless you've kind of got that experience, yeah. that it is pretty hard to like see those nuances yeah. that it takes but like, to go faster. Dad, dad's so good with me being like, he doesn't. I'm already hard enough on myself, so I don't need someone coming down on me. So he, he yeah. lifts me back up. So. I guess he's a mental coach for me and probably the best mental coach you'll find. But from Ben's oh. side, like we went there and he's straight away, go out, we're doing a warm up and he, we come in and he's like, oh dude, like I feel like your ceiling, you're at your ceiling height. Like for your style, yeah, you might get a little bit quicker here and there, but it's going to take a lot, you know, it'll take a long time. Need to do this and that, hips back, like just a few bits and pieces and um went out there and i was like dude this i'm riding at like 60 percent and i'm i feel like i'm on par where i was just hanging it out so because you've always had that super upright style and i think that come from like because you're just super strong like you're yeah you thick upper body like you you've got a different build to a lot of motocross riders yeah so i think naturally like when you can just lock in there and the bike moves under you yeah i think you like naturally that's a pretty easy way for you to ride because you're like oh well just 
yeah. like manhandle the thing. So yeah, it's Ben's like, like a lot of a lot of the thing was he's like, dude, relax through your shoulders, just like. And I'm just going, dude, I'm going to destroy that corner. Yeah. <laughs> I just get excited and want to blow everything out. And yeah, we, we and saw on Jatz's uh, <laughs> Instagram. So, so I knew about the whole blowing stuff Hang out Hang on, what did you see on Jatz's? You didn't see nothing, mate. I saw... I didn't blow a corner out the whole five days. I know what you would have been doing, blood, mate. There could have been one or so, but I was riding at like 60% upper gear. <laughs> Just going around the corners, like there was one where you st- there was a rut coming in and you stood up, yeah. Like that looked pretty sick. And like because Ben's there, he named me back in the day the BBB Big Burn Blower. Yeah. So like straight up, I was like, well, we're going to do a thing with Ben. I'm not. I'm going to try not to blow any corners out. So I was. I was just cruising around. So we're doing this. Um, did, did he tell you where that all came from? What the whole corner blowing corners out? Yeah, he said Ricky's is gnarly. Dude, so we went to... I'd heard that from Ben. He was saying that when Coop went over yeah. and he was training at Ricky's, Coop was just like, what, what? Yeah. And there was just shit going over and Ricky just walked out, just psyching out, like, get off the track. <laughs> like, just losing his shit. And, um, what do you mean, bro? Yeah, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> and then, so, uh, yeah, I, Townley was telling me about that and then Coop was telling me about it. But then we went there to shoot the, an old... Suzuki commercial and we had Les Smith you remember him nah and I like American he rode for Gibbs back in the day and um he was the test rider because him and Ricky are like good mates yeah and um and Ricky's just standing like fully eyeing him off <laughs> and then I was like what are you doing man he's like dude if he blows out one turn I'm calling this shoot off like he's like <laughs> full on pedantic You're about kidding. it and he was just like standing there and he's like be smooth bro be smooth <laughs> just roll it on yeah just roll it on cause I said to Ben I was like are you kidding me like when I that is a the law, Ricky man. I know I'm like I watch him and he's He's hardly got his feet on the pegs. If we're just a throttle on man. He'll be side saddling, just riding that thing. Like he's just crazy. I've seen him go through that many sets of whoops, like flashbacks of just him feet off. next to the bike or and just rides in the tough blocks. Like and I'm thinking I thought him out of anyone would have just be been going in just hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ben reckons he just comes in hard, goes out hard. Yeah. Like doesn't sort of blow it out. There's no real fun in that, really. <laughs> Let's be honest. But anyway, we, um, yeah, so Jats and I had this thing and it was, it was quite funny because um, there was... I feel like Pete was probably pretty hard on Jats blowing stuff out too because of all the track work that nah. he did back in the day, you don't reckon? I reckon it's a Cairns thing. You put me on a track, I just blow everything out. Weaver, does. Weaver doesn't do it. Because <laughs> like, we're from pretty loamy stuff, we just yeah. used to lean in and and just shift in dirt yep. really Wade does it like yeah it's all the boys from up home the Cairns crew yeah what do you we didn't talk about that on the the first time we did this why do you think that little error from Cairns was so good um cause he had you Wade Weaver's probably one of the more underrated dudes like he could have rode yeah like nationals like his style probably held him back a little bit but like when you're on 80s and stuff how fast was he yeah we had chris nash yeah like harley pizzuti yeah and then so obviously you jats and wade are like the big ones that and then we got caleb ward yeah caleb and mitch yeah mitch richie yeah. like what that is such well, a junior, crazy little era you know i don't know there's no one above me like no nah, not really of, eh? 
It was like, like David Forster, but he wasn't. And yeah, but like Chester's, but winning, no one really went to nationals. Yeah, no one winning Aussie titles or even Queensland's or anything. So um, Chester won the Queensland's, mate. Be easy. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I went down. I went down to the Adelaide Junior Aussies and just I don't know. I won for some reason. God knows why, but because you were the fastest, probably. But. Yeah, but it happened, and like I qualified something like fifth or something, you know, and it just happened. And that kind of kickstarted everything. We went down with Jats. Jats was on a 50. I was on a 60. Yeah. Um, I think Jats won the 50 as well. Yeah, probably. I can't really remember. It's a long time ago. But anyway. He wouldn't even know That kind of opened my eyes up. And then we started, you know, I was training harder. Then I went to and I won the next Aussie title. And we traveled with Jats again. And then Jats, so Pete bought the place, uh, that farm out at um, Thompson Road. Yeah. Built a track under lights and everything. So then we all started going there. Um, I think I turned factory on the junior program, KDM then. And yeah, that was when you were on the 125, wasn't it? No, on the 80. Oh, were you factory on the 80, 80 as well? 80, 125, yeah. And I feel, I feel like that was kind of the point where, you know, I changed. I knew I needed to win the next year. I just felt that pressure like, man, I won. I need to win again. And so I'm training hard. And then the younger kids, Jats, Wade, you know, Mitch, all these guys are like, man, we want to be on the factory team like Todd. Like, it's only, it's a junior program. You're almost like the rabbit that everyone could chase. And everyone knew that if you were as fast or if you were near Todd, then you probably had a good shot. We're so far away from everything that I was just fanging around going, oh man, I want to win Mariba Club Days. Yeah. You know, or the FNQ, you know, and then you'd say Queensland titles and I'd go, oh, imagine that. Like, yeah. you know, and that's what I say. It just happened. And there was good competition. Like there was people for you to race. Like yeah. Zudi, he was far, as loose yeah. as he was, like he was hard to pass. Yeah. And he got every hole shot. Yeah, yeah. So like you were racing a dude pretty like, there there honestly wouldn't have been that many times you would have hole shot a no, no. Harley like he no, was no, but I'm not a whole shot dude like that's yeah. me through my whole career but in terms of you as a junior developing like you, yeah. you were always faster than him but you've got a yep. dude who's pretty fast super loose and always whole shotted yeah and then you've got Weaver that was he fast. always whole shotted yeah and then you got Nashy always having to pass everyone so it was good um, but there was just but, yeah it was such a crazy little group of yeah but you we guys. all trained together like I I was training yeah all the time I was training young Mitchy Evans is on a 50 you know yeah. so straight away that's what I say to these kids like when we do when we're going riding and they're riding around with us I'm like dude you're so lucky yeah like you know like we're on teams like I, I ride with Kurt Gibbs and him and I are two factory riders and these young punks are riding with us and I'm like man what I would have given to have that when I was your age yeah you know I was just watching things on TV and I didn't see my first pro till I raced him when I was 16 never even seen him in real life before so that's how sheltered we are all the way up there and I believe that sort of just going through it gave the kids maybe a bit of motivation to be like geez it's possible like yeah man Todd lives up in the hills like there ain't even phone reception up there like he's a full hick and he can go out there and you know it sort of made it realistic seem like attainable yeah whereas like for me it was like 
you know, oh, to win the Australian title, that's like win the world championship in Europe. First, you're like, how am yeah. I even going to get there? Like, Plus, like, it was sick too because, I mean, me and Maddie were in that crew that rode yeah. Thompson Road every Tuesday and Thursday and, like, all of our dads got on. You had, like, Cliffy yeah. had come out and then you had Steve and Pete and um, you had Gav like that. It was like a crew Then all of our mums had come down and yeah. bring food down. Yeah, so it was mad. like, it was a full-on... I don't know. It was like this is little click, eh? That yeah. just and it's crazy, even like seeing what Maddie's doing now, and then what yeah. I've been able to do. Like everyone, kind of from that crew went on yeah. to sort of do something. Like it's always been a bit of a trip that to me that that you know Wade, like Wade's one of the most naturally gifted yeah. riders. Like you see that dude do like fakies and shit. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> you know what I mean. He's just one of the and he's like one of the coolest dudes yeah. going too. But it's like everyone in that that group did something pretty rad yeah so it was like yeah, yeah it's like definitely you, a talented i guess we're just pushing each other yeah i remember riding with wade we're just going over doing heel clickers and double footed cans and just we'd goof around until our bikes run out of fuel yeah and then like up and one day it'd be, just one, pushing each other i remember one day pete cut in like a speedway track yeah and then we're all on like the jail we're just yeah. everyone's just like doing that sort of shit and then it's like yeah. oh we're doing wheelies today like everyone do wheelies or you'd make like a track in the cane it was just yeah yeah we yeah we didn't talk about it the first time it was such a cool little yeah we just had such a cool crew yeah and everyone went on to do something yeah the upbringing was great like it wasn't like i kind of touched on before i didn't have my dad down my throat or anything like he was just too busy like chatting or water in the track or doing whatever um so yeah it'd be we'd be over there fanging around and then i'd be like pull up and be like wade man how sick's that corner so we'd just be hitting that corner like hundreds of times just because we thought it was sick. Like, yeah, and there was no like know, coaching regime. I'm like it. 14 or 15, just going, man, this is, let's try and scrape our bars. Like, and we'd just be hitting this corner. And, and you look at it now and you're like, well, that's a, that's a drill. Like, that's something that I do now as a professional to try and build my speed. And we just, all this stuff we just stumbled across. Then on the way back, we'd be trying to scrape our back mud guards, like yeah. just wheeling. We'd be over wheeling, nose wheeling, and we just time on the bike. That's what it is. Yeah, there was a lot of riding because like yeah. even me and Maddie started riding so late, and Maddie got good so quick. Yeah. From like a 14 year old. Yeah. And then when he was like senior, he was shredding good just because I think we just had. Yeah. You know, your bike could have like 50, 60 hours on it. Yeah. You know, and we, yeah, you just right tuesday thursday saturday yeah. sunday yeah no it was good it was definitely a good upbringing and um we had the other side of it like pretty chilled laid back lifestyle of going fishing a lot and yeah uh going in the gorges making rope swings and all that kind of stuff so that yeah, was, it was like yeah, a, it was a good. healthy mix yeah all right well i think we'll probably cut into the next podcast I yeah we covered a lot of cool shit in yeah, this little right. extra bit and then yeah, screen will go blank and then you'll see me and Todd. Todd's wearing the same thing. But. <laughs> so Todd will, Todd will be back in a minute. <laughs> see you guys. See you more. <laughs> I got super like, I don't know. I mean, I was always frustrated by like motorcycling Australia, motorcycling Queensland. Like you can't have a double. You yeah. can't have this. You can't have that. It's like, all right, let's think about it. America has possibly the worst healthcare system on planet Earth. So <laughs> yeah. if you're thinking about insurance and America can get away with having LaRocco's leap and like oh, I've been dude. to I've been to tracks in the States that are just like the gnarliest doubles you've ever seen and kids on sixties are hitting them. Yeah. So it's like if motorcycling Australia, motorcycling Queensland wants to sit here and tell me, No, we can't have a double, you can't have a whoop section. 
but like why do our dudes never win yeah it's like bro that's why like because you're the top level dude in australian motocross and you're going to europe and going fuck dude that's why like that's why motor like it just always frustrated me as to like how are we supposed to progress as athletes or progress our sport forward when it's like you're wrapping up people in cotton wool like yeah. there hasn't been a chad reed since chad reed why is that yeah well chad reed left got, when he was young you exactly know, and that's the reason i think that hunter is going to do the best out and, and jet yep. they're going to do the best out of all of us yeah because they went and they got out of here with time to still develop a style and mm. like i i've said I've been pretty hard on like Aussie dudes I guess just because I've like seen the other side of it yeah you're always on my case I'm on your case all the time mate. Yeah. You dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> no but like there's a style of riding that everyone in the states has yeah you know you know like that's a broad term but there's a different level of aggression there's a different level of intensity and like I don't think that's the rider here's fault of like not trying. I just don't think there's much here that gives you the chance to develop those kind of skills, develop that yeah. kind of intensity. You know what I mean? It's like the racing form. You were doing three 10 minute motos as like a 450 pro open class of Australian motocross. Like, yeah. sick dog. Like, yep, that's going to really prep our guys for the yeah. best. Or, nah, we should probably grade this section of track in between everything or even at the like a 50 level like let's not let, yeah. let you're not allowed to do a jump it's like man that's the reason that you can go over there as one of the best australian guys in modern times in the domestic series on a 450 yeah and see tony crowley and shit yourself yeah like you didn't get any help yeah in no. terms of being groomed you know what i mean oh it's it's massive like exactly like you just said like the jumps there wasn't one track i went to in europe for the world championship where I wasn't packing it, man. Like, the jumps are so big. And I'm not just talking, oh, yeah, there's a big jump, just hit a pin. Like, you go and triple, like Twitch and tell, you go triple up on top, and then you turn, then it's like massive double down the hill, and you think, I can't even see a down ramp, man. Like, and it's a 20, 30-odd meter double down the hill, and it's uh, rutted like hell. Thinking, man, how, like, how am I meant to race? Because I'm thinking about this stupid jump every lap you know whereas those dudes have done it since they're on 60s and 80s they don't even care so they just like whatever like but and that's what's kind of cool that's where i'm kind of surprised at how high our level is actually because yeah you know i was uh like i got ninth in the world championship yeah we got podiums some we got three or four top fives um dean ferris was there with me he got a bunch of top fives you know there's good riders good level of riders Kurt Gibson Gibbs over this over. year. He was killing it. So like, and then we're riding around here jumping like 10, 15 meter tabletops. Like you like, could jump it on an e-bike. Yeah. Like the like, biggest jump in Australia. We can't even get our fourth gear, man. And then we can go over there and yeah, we're not setting the world on fire as in winning races, but you know, we can stick it to them, which is, uh, I don't know how that works, but I guess it comes back to... I think that's more of like a that Aussie underdog spirit yeah. that we've always had. Because you know what like is interesting to me, right? And this is a really good example if like... So if Motorcycling Australia or Kevin Williams would ever care to listen to this and actually not just take offense and get the shits and be defensive about it. The, the perfect example is surfing. Yeah. Australia and Hawaii. Why do we produce the most world champions than any other countries in the world because we have sick waves 
Yeah. We were at Burley today surfing together and there's kids on waves that like scare me and they are shredding. Yeah. So it's like those kids are given an opportunity. They're not like the Burley board riders isn't going nah man it's three foot <laughs> like insurance i don't know if liability you yeah. know what i mean so it's like one foot waves guys that's it exactly yeah. no don't do airs yeah don't do airs on waves because you just could get hurt like there's risk in everything yeah and i think that if you want to look at why we can produce so many great surfers like world champions world champion after world champion after world champion it's because they're given a chance yeah they're given like well i guess they're not given the waves but the waves are there the world-class waves are there i think that if you looked for a world-class track in australia what would you say would you say i'd say gum valley yeah that is epic that's a world i, yeah. I would say that's a world-class facility yeah like you could have an ama national there you could have a motocross the nations there yeah like wanneroo maybe but yeah. it's manjima is yeah i'd say like a world-class facility yeah um I don't know. Do you have any that you would add to the list as like that you could see, say if it was in Belgium, it would slide into the world championship. Yeah. Like you said, gum Valley, that's, and we've only been there twice in my whole racing career. And Um, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think there's some political things there mm, that stopped the MX nationals from going back there. And I don't know exactly what they were, but I'm pretty sure there was some issues. Yeah. So there's like, we're struggling to name world-class facilities in Australia. Even like our last round at Coolum, you know, I love that track. That's that a pretty epic. awesome facility. But at the end of the day, it's a flat paddock with small jumps on it. Yeah. You know, like that's just a fact. Like when I went over in 2012 and raced the MX of Nations at Lommel, man, they had this triple out there and no joke, it must have been like 35 meters in the deepest sand you've ever seen. With like, ruts all up the face, so like, rough. And I just remember holding my breath every single lap. I tried to jump at every single lap and that was just the scariest time of my life, you know? And that's what we need. We need to be able to push, you know, we need to have like Coolum Nationals and they change the track. Like yeah, that's what I, I agree with that. At Lomolay, they have quads and they have all these mad big jumps that the very few guys can do. Like Sean Simpson, he just turns into a demon when the Lomol GP comes around and just launches into the whoops and does some pretty cool stuff, you know? And that's where the Australian riders, we don't have the opportunity to do that stuff because what we practice, which the 65s practice, is what we race. So Yeah, it's the same. You're riding the same track as the 65. Yeah. So it would, yeah, I think that would be a, a massive help to to our riders. That's if we care. Yeah. Like do people, yeah. you know what I mean? Do the people at the top really care about fostering the sport? And the, like I always said too when I went to the MX Nationals, like, What's the incentive to go... Like, let's use Coolum, right? Yeah. The track stays the same for a club day. How many people do you get that go to a club day? Spectating. It's kind of just the people that race, right? Yeah, exactly. Family, yeah. So when you've got the motocross nationals, the final round, we're going to crown the best dirt bike rider in Australia at these grounds, Saturday and Sunday, get it up, yeah. What's the... If the track's the exact same as a club day, people didn't go to the club day. Yeah. So you're telling me that you want to race on the exact same track, yeah. but you expect people to go, and then that has the biggest trickle-down effect. Like, why can they make these epic supercross tracks inside of baseball stadiums? Yeah. Because people go to watch them. If people didn't go to watch, they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So it's like this whole... 
think that's where like that's where it has to start if you want to go and like it you just said like i'm gonna go race america that's where i want to go like there's nothing keeping you here man yeah it's kind of sad yeah oh it definitely is but i think that there would still be even though in fairness though even though even if the tracks here was sick and the whole thing was like rad you'd still have a dream of going to america so in fairness i guess we have to say that yeah yeah that's how it is that's just a fact but you know this year i just it just i just want to go and ride my bike and have fun at the end of the day that's all i want to do and you know like i said things here are great and but in the day when i go to the national and and we're getting yelled at for this and yelled at for that and and i chuck my mechanic on the back and go to ride up the start gate and all of a sudden this new rules come in that no we can't double our mechanics now so i nearly get clothesline you know things like this are just it just builds up it builds up and builds up and i'm just like man i'm just gonna step away for a bit i'm gonna go have some fun i'm gonna you know i want to go race in the states that's what i want to do and i want to get some people together people that i want to work with you Mm -hmm. know that's been the biggest thing i just want to work with good people uh that's that's what i'm after you know i'm i'm creating getting the sponsors who i want to work with and uh you know people who want to be a part of my team and we're going to go over there and and race the outdoor championship championship's big you know it's it's on tv there's no aussies over there at the moment obviously there's chad uh but in the outdoor championship i'm not sure if chad's going to race it or not but apart from him there's no one else there so you know it's a good opportunity for us to go over there and and someone to you know everyone can be like man where's toddy like it's uh i think it's a cool thing yeah so what are the sponsors that you have got um kind of sorted like obviously you're gonna be riding hondas like who else have you kind of started getting together to to do this yeah so we've obviously we've got honda um so that's uh that's was that a preference of bike for you like did you sort of could you have done anything or that was like the one thing that you did want to go after well i just felt as if you know last year I, i come through a lot of injury and um yeah we had a bit of a bummer of a year uh through my own fault so that was uh you know we sort of we had a bike we had parts we had everything there I, I didn't want to go jumping and changing everything about so i just wanted to just stick with the honda um you know i love the bike it's a new bike and now it's its second year you know you always struggle with a new bike adapting and working it out so i feel as if around the world they're starting to work the new honda out so we've got more information which is exciting so i think we've got a pretty good base from that that side of it um i'm pretty excited you know we're we're just making a bit of a team so we're coming back here to race for honda for supercross so i'll be joining reef konski um alongside justin brayton and brett metcalf so us three will do the supercross um so that's going to be exciting as well so we'll do the ama outdoor championship and then we'll stay over there and ride some supercross tracks because that's what we struggle with man yeah, i ride tracks through the week i ride one supercross track you know supercross once you know it you've nailed it you know yes you can get quicker at it and so on but for me who's been out of supercross for a while while i was in europe mm. i need that challenging fact of new sections and nailing things straight away mm. so that's cool but getting back to the sponsors um you know barry sweet have been a long time sponsor of mine yeah uh it's a like a long time supporter of just motocross in australia too which yeah. is i think people should really appreciate the people that do come in and, and actually spend a while sticking around in, yeah. in the sport because it doesn't happen a lot 
and that's what I talk about. Like I want to be with the, the good people that, that I want to work with. And, you know, Aunt and Leanne, they're over in Perth. They're a lovely down-to-earth family and they're, they're the sorts of people I want to work with. Um, I kind of get over, you know, the rock star kind of brands that you work with and, and they're almost better than the rider. And, and I've got zero ego at all. So I don't really want to work with someone with ego because uh, it just doesn't work. Hard to hang around in this group with an ego. Yeah, <laughs> you get shot you get down torched. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just ask Toby. Yeah. Poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ugly bastard. <laughs> no, we love Toby. Wait, can he hear us on this thing? No, he will. He'll watch for sure, just so he's got something to come at me with. There's no Tinder on here, bro. Nah, no Tinder on this podcast, mate. Yeah. We're a Tinder-free zone. Yeah. No, that that like um, that whole thing with Barry Sweet, it's so good to see him in the sport still because like, like Kevy Cooler yep. is gone. Yeah. Like... If anyone knows that guy, guy was a fucking legend. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Yeah, and he was had a semi, and he was doing the whole thing, and then, poof, yeah, JDR dudes. I I know yeah. more about those guys' situation than maybe anybody will, yeah. and they're fucking good people. Yeah, and I'll I don't care what anyone says, and they're good people that left the sport. Yeah, so it's like you know, for, yeah, I like the way that you said that you want to just be around those good people because i think that in motocross i mean it's probably just the same everywhere like nice guys finish last yeah you know if you can be a you can be the best dude doesn't mean you're gonna stick around we know people in this industry who are dickheads yeah (laughs) that are just there every single year and you're like how are you still like how do people still give you how many people can you burn i know and still have a job yeah so it's like i don't know that's why so it's cool that you've said that you want to pick those good people yeah and like of my other long-term sponsor jeff and jenny olam from cairns so they they used to own um cairns coconut resort and they're amazing people you know they're uh they come over and watched uh my gp in mexico and glenn helen usa yeah. and it was epic we spent the week with them and like that's that's what i enjoy you know just good family people around um you know fortunate enough that uh we're able to align to help me out with my racing and and uh you know there's no better feeling than knowing that the person who you're representing um they've actually they've got a face to it and you know who they are yeah you know it's it's you're not just personal, a number to yeah. them yeah yeah like it, it's good it, it makes you feel good putting their their name and representing their company mm. uh, because yeah you don't see it as their company you see it as them you yeah. know like i'm representing Jeff and Jenny from Cairns and and Leanne and um, Ant from WA, you know, so it's uh, that's super cool. Um, do you have any tracks in particular that you're looking forward to racing? All of them, man. Yeah, they're all that's what's sick. cool. Like uh, that was a good thing about the World Championship. I they were all new tracks to me. Like even race, I lived at Lommel, like at the back fence, so I heard the bikes go around I when I was that. on my days off. Yeah, so I lived uh, with. Do you know um, what? How much your lap time improved from the day you got there to like the day you left? Nah, but Harry Evitz would. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the day I met Harry Evitz, he he comes walking over and he's got like a stopwatch there. And he goes, "Hey, not so bad, not so bad." And off he walks, and I'm like, "Oh, I wonder what he's talking about." We don't do lap times here, man. I just have a stopwatch on my bar pad that says thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do forty minute moto now. Let's go. You know, like. We don't have practice mechanics. I'm changing tires, doing all this stuff. 
And then we go over there and they're like, I've gone out and done one 20 minute session. I don't even know where the track goes, man. Mm, not so bad. Not so bad. You know your time. Not so bad. I'm like, what time? What do you mean? <laughs> I like, didn't do a time. Yeah, just tell me like, do these ones when I'm like hitting 40 minutes so I don't run out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty cool. He he wears stopwatches out and he's known for that. Yeah. Such a, such a good dude. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know where that story is going. No, well, how much did you improve, you reckon? Was it like, oh. what do you reckon, you were five, six, seven seconds faster? Like, oh, is I it, don't know. Is that, you know Tell what I mean? Like, yeah. But you could, could you tell a difference? Oh, like yeah. Like a massive difference? Huge, huge difference. So, when I first went over there, I was... I was just, everyone was, I felt like everybody was watching. Like, yeah. So I was just going crazy, crash, pick it up. It was like, <laughs> we were just there on a Wednesday and I just felt it was like the GP. Because yeah. crew were turned up, factory Yamaha, factory Honda, all these people. And you probably didn't even know half of them. Nah. No, they come in, they're like, oh, you know, you're on par with Bob Chef And I'm like, oh, is he good? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know me, I'm from the hills. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I only just got Hampton. a... I'm, just got an iPhone. Just got a Kamwadi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so was, that was cool as well. I didn't know who I was. I knew Crowley and Hurlings. Zero people after that. Yeah, right. I was just out there just going hard, as hard as I could. If someone passed me, I'd go up the inside because they weren't mates. I don't know no one. Yeah, so you're just going fucking yeah. yellow. It was sick. So that was cool. I'm looking forward to that in America as well. Except obviously the reason why is because we don't follow the GPs. Like yeah. Australia, before I went over, we follow. I knew everyone in the, in America. We follow all the races. Mm. You know, when I jump on the spin bike, I'm watching the outdoors. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch anything in Europe, and I knew Crowley because he's in every magazine. Yeah, and Hurlings, obviously. Yeah, he's just yeah. You get those phenom oh. dudes, but I think that's yeah. what it takes. Like, because people started watching. I think people started watching the GPs more because of um, like Tim Geiser when he started because yeah you need that kind of um, sportsman kind of yep. thing to get people fired up about sports and that's like yeah. that's why the biggest race in Australia in recent memory was when uh, Reed come over and raced Dan at Raymond Terrace in like yeah. 2007 because all of a sudden like it gave people a reason to be interested yep. so it's like I think that's sort of happened with the GPs with Geyser and then when Hurlings went up to the 450s. But like now I couldn't tell you who's in the 250 class, but now Hunter's in there. So yeah. that, you know what I mean? So I guess it's just like relative to what people, mm. like who's actually kind of in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to get over there and, and just, yeah, see some of the tracks because like man, yeah. the tracks are just bullshit, eh? Yeah. Like the, just the, the atmosphere of them, the the speed you'll be able to go like the day i got to america and like went to my first national i was like fuck where has ford dale been yeah like, he should have just been there like you know yeah. those just pinners that just hold it on yeah. like that's american motocross yeah. like fourth fifth third fourth fifth third fourth yeah. like just hold it on yeah so it's like uh, yeah i'm keen as for you to get over there and just see yeah. some of that shit eh? oh and the cool thing the thing i like is the team's turning up and we're Australian we're underdogs like I love that I love nothing more than everyone turning up with all their flash campers and all this stuff and there's so much drive and satisfaction when you're when you're getting results you yeah. know to just stick it to these dudes and and we'll probably be in a wicked van <laughs> <laughs> following each other with a few swags so uh yeah that that's going to be exciting 
Did you, was Caleb over there uh, in Europe when you were there? No. I was bummed for him, man. I said, like, as soon as you sign in Europe on a team where you go, like, who's that? Yeah. You can't do it. So, it, like, you you were lucky with Husky because it oh, was yeah. Kimi Raikkonen's team. Like, yeah. Kimi, factory Husky support. So, it's like, yeah, you're safe. Yeah. When Caleb went over on, like, who knows what Husvana, I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. Same with when Harry went over on Bud Cowie. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't, you know, and he didn't work out well for him. Yeah. So like, it's a, it's a bummer when you get guys that have the potential. Cause I look at Caleb as a guy that could. Yeah. I think he's got an amazing style, especially the way that he rides sand. Yeah. But like, you know, it's so hard to go over there with all the barriers that you face and then not have the team behind you because like when you're over there your team's your family yeah you know and if you can't if it's not legit then well i struggled you know i struggled with bits and pieces but at the end of the day i was 21 years old i'd already i'd moved from the top of australia so i'd moved down 20 odd hours drive from my parents place i then went on to buying a place so i had a mortgage you know i i made a life for myself down here i knew that you know, when you go riding, you put your gear in the washing machine and wash it and then go cook dinner. Well, yeah. you know, as stupid as it sounds, you yeah, got to go shopping. You're you're, yeah, like yeah. there's all this stuff behind the scenes. Whereas these guys are going over. Yeah, they're super fast guys, but they're kids. Like they're living at home with mum and dad. And that's a massive shock to the system. It was a massive shock to me, but I didn't have to deal with all that stuff. I knew that I had to get a visa and the work that went into it all. Um but as a kid, that's tough. And that's where Hunter, his whole family have gone yeah, over. Yeah, his whole family's there. That, that program is faultless. Like it's, uh, and as you can see, he's getting results. He's yeah. so young and that's what it takes. Like I got amazed when I was 15, you know, I was winning Australian titles and I just wanted to get in with the seniors. But no, you're 15 years old. You can't go pro till you're 16. And then when I went pro, they put me in an intermediate class that Dean Ferris and I are racing against each other. Yeah, that's right. Eh? Like we couldn't even ride with the pros. So we're 16, almost 17. We're still just racing each other like we're juniors. And then I go over there. Hunter's 15, Roxon's 15, and they're oh. like battling for the world championship. Yeah. I'm sitting in Italy at the Nations. I'm sitting on the start line and there's a 15-year-old kid next to me on factory KDM. And I'm just thinking, dude, when I was 15, I was just down the creek fishing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we we don't have that opportunity. That's that's what's going to be super exciting to see where hunter takes it because none of us had that and chad was the same chad mcfarlane they were 16 17 and they just left yeah and they did their thing and they met and they had success because they were allowed to go and they sort of didn't know anything else and i feel like too there's a thing like you'd you'd probably know this better than me but it's like a bit of a theory that i've got when so like you can you you can apply this in a couple ways and I, I, I don't even know if I've said it that much. Like, so Billy McKenzie comes over here, right? Torches everybody. Like, oh, yeah, lap yeah. times were just like, my mate Billy. Be careful there. Well, he did, didn't nah. he, lap time-wise? Oh, yeah, he's quick. Yeah, so lap, when he first got here, those first few rounds, yeah. people were like... I was battling with him, bro. I, was, I won the second motor. Yeah, but like, Jeez. I'm just talking purely lap Short times. Short memory, eh? I'm talking purely <laughs> lap times. <laughs> he 
he was fucking like three. The qualifying Dude. times are like three seconds faster. Yeah, right? but you got to make the thirty minutes. Eh? I know. Put I the know, work I know, in. But I'm just <laughs> I'm purely talking speed, right? Yeah. So he comes over here, and everyone's like, "Wee!" Yeah, no, really. Jesus, he's fast. Like looking at you know the qualifying times, and you couldn't match it. Yeah. Yeah, you could beat him. Yeah. But then you look at Cooper, uh, Cody. Yeah. Cody goes to the states. Unadilla almost beats Bubba. Ruins yeah. a perfect season. Comes back here. He's no different. He's yeah. no faster. So that tells me either the tracks here don't let you go fast to, to for there to be a difference. I'd say the same thing with Medi. You go like I was at the World Vets when Medi won thirty plus like two months ago. Yep. It was out of control how fast he was going. Yeah. Like there was really legit dudes there that were just like, all right, see so ya. Yeah. Like both motos gone. And then he gets here, he's top five. Yeah. So, and then, you know, like you go over there to do that and like, or, you know, Gibbsy or whatever. And then Gibbsy's in that sort of, he's not going over there dominating that way. So there's like either something that goes on where you get stuck in the speed that everyone else is going. Yeah. And that either pulls you back or pushes you forward. So like when you go to Europe, it pushes you forward when you come back here it pulls you back or it's sort of it's like there's a way for the pack to level out mm. so yeah that was i forgot where i was going with it but that was a <laughs> that's like one of the things where i think that yeah it's either the tracks or like something over here is unlike reed with Reardon when chad came over here they were like super close yeah but like if you took dan like dan couldn't last two seasons in america yeah chad's been there for 10 seasons one's has won two world titles yeah so but then he comes here he races ridden and it's like yeah ridden's the shit it's like it doesn't turn out to be the case yeah so like i wonder why that is is it the tracks is it like the events is it what is it but there's something here that is that and maybe it's what we said before about not being allowed to do doubles not being like I remember that, man. You and Dean had to go to the sunny states and race in the fucking intermediate class with my brother. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, what's that all about? And then, yeah, you get Hunter's just bloody, how old's Hunter now? 18? Yeah. And he was battling Zach Osborne at Motocross Nations. Like, that was epic, man. Epic. Unreal. That's like one of the, that's one of Australian Motocross's highlights in the last few years. And I reckon that, yeah, Cody at Unadilla and uh, whatever oh eight when James got the perfect season he almost beat in the second motor. That's like yeah. one of the like the gnarliest things to happen in like Australian motocross because it I, I'd say New Zealand and Australia are pretty close yeah so it's like we're just yeah we're not we're not grooming you guys for that for whatever reason yeah I, man it's a tough one because you know Dean and I are racing each other in intermediate we're sixteen years old and then. Lap time is faster than the pros. Yeah. People are coming up to us and they're like, you know, what are your dreams? Do you just want to go to America and this and that? And you think, well, I just want to turn pro, man. Yeah, just, <laughs> let me have I, just wanna, I just want to race with the big boys. Like, man, I've nearly got children and I'm still not allowed to race with the big boys. <laughs> Can I like triple that over there? Or like, that's uh, that's just how it is here. You yeah. know, it's it's as crazy it is. Um that's how it is and that it's kind of yeah it's disappointing they're not really grooming us it's to me we just need to have like a riders association or something and and start changing things you know we got to 
we got to look at the younger generations and be like, man, we want these dudes to be world champions. Yeah. Like we want Australia to win MX Nations. And then How? if if that's like just good for the economy of Australian motocross. Yeah. Like superstars, like what Chad did for Australian motocross, like how many yeah. guys that are on the start line now and as a professional motocross rider at the MX Nationals would have been influenced by Chad Reed. Yeah. All of them. Everyone. All of them. If we don't have another Chad Reed, like that's making news on a because like if you're in motocross and your dad raced motocross, you're in motocross, right? Yeah. But like you know the good example of it is Adam Cincerello. His dad did never rode a motorcycle in his life. You know how Adam Cincerello got into motocross? He watched Jeremy McGrath on TV. Yeah. And then he said, Dad, can you please take me to Daytona Supercross? Mm. And he went to Daytona Supercross and then he got a motorcycle. Now he's Adam Cincerello. Let's see. So it's like there would be guys on the line now. Like, do you remember who influenced you to race motocross? Well, man, Dad just took me. Yeah, okay. I just, we had a five acre block and I just used to ride my little QR50 around the flat and then we just went racing. And that's just, it is stupid how my life went. It just was, I don't know, just crazy. Like, we just used to ride our bike. Yeah. Like, even as a 15-year-old kid, I used to ride the bike once a week. Like, once or twice a week. You know, like, we used to go down to Jackson Richardson's on Thursday. Yeah. You know, like... Good times, yeah. Thompson Road. Well, half the time, we're just driving the bomber cars around. Do you remember <laughs> Do you remember when we both hit that irrigation pipe and <laughs> <laughs> both cartwheeled? Oh, Todd and I, Todd and I, we just had, and who told us that the, so we like, we used to go to Jatz's for just the people that are listening that don't know. We used to go to Jatz's property in Cairns on Thompson Road and that Jatz had like a really cool track set up and we had lights because it was too hot to ride in Cairns in summer. During the day, you just couldn't do it. So then we'd go to Jatz's property on Thursdays in the afternoon, we'd ride like the flat track until went dark and then we'd have dinner and then we'd go onto the flat track and just keep riding so like one one night pete or sue or someone brings some pizzas tells me and todd that they're cherry tomatoes but they're black jalapeno uh, red (laughs) jalapenos so that was our first one that went awry and then second of all i think my dad was doing irrigation and there was like this black irrigation pipe and then like last minute don't run over the pipe and then we both cartwheeled on the pipe (laughs) good times at thompson road oh yeah but yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. It's like it wasn't really, uh, it, there was no homeschooling. There was no, no. and then like, which is good. I think that's good. Yeah. Oh, we had an unreal upbringing, and that's probably why I'm still so focused and motivated like in our sport. Yeah. Like, I love riding my bike, man. You know, like I just absolutely love it, and that probably goes back to I'm 15 years old, going down doing like how many laps I feel like, and. Then we're driving a car around half the time, jumping it over the berms and stuff. 50s were pretty big yeah. at the time. Like, we're just doing just whatever. And the dudes that I'm racing, like Corolli and that, they're 15. They're sitting on the start line of the nations, man, yeah. in front of 100,000 people, jumping huge jumps, all this sort of stuff. You know, and then 22 years old, Dean Ferris and I are sitting on the start line. We're, we're putting it inside the top five in the world championship. Like, yeah, when you do how's that like work, that? man? Yeah, it's pretty solid. Like, how's that even work? Like, honestly, I just remember a few times just being like, I don't even know where the track goes. I've never been to this track before. You know, you dudes have been riding it for bloody twenty odd years. You know, like Dean and I, 
I only just remember going around the first corner because we've only done it three times. And Dean and I going in there because Dean Ferris have raced. Dean Ferris and I have raced since, yeah, since we're were kids. 14, 15 years old. And we just race bar to bar. So for some weird, crazy reason, like Dean goes over there and he just up and left. You know, I had the dream of winning the Australian Championship. And Dean went and he was getting, you know, his 12s and 11s and stuff in the 450 class. That got him a ride with the Yamaha team, with Dixon. And uh, next to me, he's standing on the podium. And I was like, no way. You know, like, that's insane. I've got to get myself there. Surely, I haven't, he hasn't got that much faster. Or you, know? you can't get that much yeah. faster or if you that's go try, not, yeah. So I en- ended up being there and him and I are still same speed, you know. Yeah, you're in this, like, you're always just, battling, eh? just retarded like i remember look at time qualifying oh yeah 12th place you know dean 13th or 11th like dude what are you doing like we'd line up on the start line and have similar day picks and shit always there and i'd crash in the first turn pick it up he'd be there or i'd pick it up and i'd be coming through the pack and he'd crash and we'd we just battle man this race at lommel we battled like crazy i remember just riding into the corner to just nail him and and you'd get past and it was just going like that him and I nailing each other for like a lap you know like him and I we get into some heated battles and it was just it was insane I just can't believe it I just remember sitting back and traveled all the way around the world to race this dude that you've raced your entire life like Lommel is the deepest sand track like we don't have that much sand here but for some reason Dean and I can ride sand half decent yeah so we're there come from outside the top 15 to get into 10th and then find Dean and him and I charge I ended up 6th he ended up 7th and we're just passing each other and whoever else come to us and all we want to do is beat each other and we're just <laughs> gritting our teeth I remember my lats were pretty much falling off and <clears throat> they're in the chain and uh, we're just going hard and after that race I just thought man we don't even have sand like We've ridden this track for like 12 months. Like, what is going on here, man? <laughs> like, it's, it is pretty cool when you think of it like that. No yeah, one's, I, haven't, I haven't thought of it like that. It, like, it is sick. Like, Toby Price, man. Like, yeah, like goes to Dakar and gets third. Like, yeah. you're right. There is something about like, Australian. Same thing. Like, I remember 2013, Maddie's living with him. And Kirk Gibbs and I are just going down there. Toby's doing KDM off-road. We're doing KDM uh, motocross supercross and we're going out the sand dunes just blasting around this sort of stuff man not long after that toby just gets a guest ride and goes to the deck and gets third like how come <laughs> yeah. like seriously like what's up with that like just <laughs> you know the dude's got to read a map but there's so much he in the Dakar. we would have never read a book in his <laughs> life and all of a sudden he wins a competition where you have to read a fucking book in french hey, come on dude no one reads books around here <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, i'm a nerd maybe i maybe that's why i never won anything <laughs> well, that's why no one's interviewing me because <laughs> i fucking read books oh you're interviewing people so that's a start <laughs> No, but like, you're right, man. I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, like it is full on, man. Like Toby to me has got like that, um, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's like that Forrest Gump mentality. But everyone does like, yeah, are like, you serious? Like auntie, like 
my team manager from Finland, they don't really know about Australia. They have no idea. They just think it's a small island. And he's like, oh, you're from that small island, Madagascar. And he used the joke. Yeah. And then, like, you know, we're talking about things and I'm like, you look at the Olympics, man. Swimming race, Aussies winning it. Yeah. Running race, Aussies winning it. If not winning, up there. You know, like, every sport. Then you go to the Winter Olympics. Like, do people know that we don't have winter here? Like honestly we get a bit of snow up in a couple of mountains like it's not like so we we shouldn't even be there like and like scotty's out there on the snowboard just shredding every time i look at i'm just like what's going on here man like how many forest gums are there out there yeah it's like i don't yeah maybe i don't know what it is but yeah like in toby's case i just think like i see him ride fink and I'm like, that's fucking out of control. Like the way yeah. that he just goes, like a minute full speed, like flat. He's just th- wrist is like this. <laughs> it's like he's so flat that he like he makes it so that his wrist is straight at full throttle. Like yeah. he's not twisting it. It's just like straight. He just locks in. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're like, back off, dude. Back off. Back off. Back off. And I'm like, oh, you mustn't get sore arms. And he gets off the bike. He's like, fuck, I thought I was going to die, man. My arms are so so I couldn't even hang on. <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, let go. Like, that, isn't that what you do? You're going to like, there's just something there where he's just so like driven to just yeah. send it. And it's like, oh, I, I've never got it, eh? I've never got it. I think it's a, it goes back to the Australian mentality. Like, we just, we just got to go hard. And I like, you know maybe it's because no one takes us serious or something you know it's like that like yeah the full underdog yeah spirit. like everyone just writes you off like you know you go to an event i remember going to the first nations and yeah the three of us were unknown because everyone hurt themselves chad wasn't going whatever gave us an opportunity well man we got we got seventh at the nations like no one even heard our names before you know that's almost like chad and that got a podium but before that that was almost one of the, the best, best results result. yeah like you know and we're just banging around out there and we're, i remember going to the press conference and everyone's like oh yeah team australia um yeah todd waters <laughs> like you know and everyone's just like pretty much hopping up and walking out and we're just like yeah well yeah g'day we're here to ride the sand <laughs> it's gonna be sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, and then yeah we cruise out there and we do half half decent it's um it's kind oh, so of so that was strange. like the press conference before the event yeah before and people are just like getting up and yeah and just like. there's like three people left and we're just talking to each other pretty much like a podcast really <laughs> fucking so funny eh? yeah but you know then chad goes and it's just like just can't even fit another person circus, in there yeah and yeah it's kind of i guess like, I know that drives me when I see people, like, with yeah. sick gear and driving in and big campers. I'm just like, man, I need you to train hard. Thing, yeah. I need to... I'm going to push-ups right now. I'm going to do motos. Like, and I think that just flows on because we're... It's, sport's not really big here. It's always big overseas, like money and fame yeah. and that side of it. I think they grow up with that and it kind of seems normal. Like, they're getting coached from, like... You know, they're riding sick tracks. They're doing all this sort of stuff. So how does it get better? Yeah. Whereas we're doing well, figure of eight. They've got... It's easier for them to take something for granted, I guess. Yeah. Because they've sort of got it at their disposal. Like, it's more readily at their disposal. But can us. you ask... You need to do a podcast with a swimmer because I'm interested. I want to do... 
I should do the podcast for the swimmer. Yeah, sit in. Let's find one. Surely. Well, yeah. you know what? My, one of my best friends at school um, yeah, was I remember in the meeting Olympics. Him. He was, at, he was yeah. at Maddie's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got some questions. I got... What, what are your questions? Man, like, you know, I, I just wake up and I just think, man, like, how sick would it be just hitting LaRocco's leap? Like, yeah. you know, because we don't have that stuff here. Well, what do they do? find out in July, dude. Yeah, but what are, what's a swimmer do? Like, honestly, like, are they just like... Dude, that in Japan, man, like those gutters just catch that water so good. It's going to be just slick in there. Yeah. (laughs) Because I guess for swimming, because it's like, well, I don't know, because I have people, if anyone that listens to this podcast regularly, which isn't that many people, but they're going to be like, stop talking about your fucking 5k run. But I've been been doing this like run. Tell us about the push-ups. Oh, mate. Your push-up comp. Oh, it's, it's what, not, 120 each day? It's not a comp, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, nah, so I'll tell people about that. Um, so I saw on Instagram that Mike Sleater, who... Oh, oh we don't... Do you we know don't, Sleater? We don't want to know the full story. Mate, Just this cut. podcast is supposed to be the full oh, story. Oh, true. Do you know Sleater? Have you ever met him? Yeah. You have? Okay, yeah. you should hang out with him and mountain bike with him nah. when you're in California. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I haven't met him that well. i just seen him at Dan Reedon's track. 2010 maybe oh no he's a really good dude you should you yep. should hang out with him but um yes. does he listen to this i doubt it oh, yeah. um but i saw on his instagram that one of his friends why are you looking his bum then dude because he's a good guy generally he's a oh. good guy mate you don't say that about I'd anyone say about you no you don't i do all the time the fuck i love todd why don't you do yeah, it to my face dude he looks like a koala give me a bit of confidence dude. Uh, see what I mean about our crew um, yeah so I saw on Instagram that he was like doing this fat burner back fat burner challenge or something oh, yeah. it was like 150 push ups a day for a year and I'm not the type of person that really commits to that like yeah. I find it way well I find it easy to dismiss that as like stupid <laughs> <laughs> so and like me and Harry Bink were talking about it like I'm starting to learn more and more as I get older as lame as that sounds that little shit is actually super important yeah because it's like all those little things that you accomplish start to make you feel like accomplishment is normal Mm -hmm. as opposed to like so I think that what I would do in years past is like only focus on like the biggest goal that I could yeah because that was the most important one right so like make this x y video that got like a, a million views instead of making a daily video that gave some but i committed to doing it every day so uh, achievable yeah goals. like just little things that yeah. you continuously made yourself do Come on, even man. though i dropped out in year 10 and i know that you set small goals to achieve your big goals yeah well see i've never put it into practice i've always been the big dreamer guy <laughs> so anyway oh you got to shoot for the stars it, mate yeah might come close hey yeah that's it that's eh? my theory but so anyway the the long long see long story i got carried away i said that's not something i normally do so i'm just gonna do it yeah and i'm not really gonna make any excuses for it have you missed a day yes how do you feel about that shit yeah i've actually feel shit enough to keep a diary and i'd catch up on days yeah but now you're gonna because you've missed that day you're gonna miss more i know and you do miss more and that's a good exercise to really show yourself what like and visually see so i've been right so it's 150 push-ups a day you don't have to do them all at once just in throughout your day you have to do 150 push-ups yeah so now i've like i keep a diary of it like i just keep it in my calendar on my laptop 
yep. and I if I miss a day I write zero loser <laughs> right next to my thing and then on the days I do 150 I write 150 no compliment no fucking good on you mate like yeah. just that's because that's what you should do that's what you said you yeah do. but you've missed it I know it's gone but so then no, what but I've been when doing, you miss it you automatically you're like you make it okay for yourself yeah, to miss like, it yeah now you're just gonna be like oh yeah loser today no it, it pisses me you off you gotta just keep going yeah because then it gets worse and you're actually scared to miss exactly them. so but like the days that i missed them were like when i drove to brisbane yeah and the idea of sitting next to the car and doing push-ups fucked like a cop Why? out yeah a cop out i should have done it just when you pull up at the survey, just pump out a quick 20. Oh, man, there were some real rapey servos, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't feel that good about it. Ooh, but, yeah, yeah, so they're, like... But it, it has been a good exercise in, like, like accounting, like, keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. And then those days where I've got zero loser next to it, I'd have to do, like, 175 the next day to, like... Because you're in debt to yourself, in a yeah. way. So, anyway, it's been a, it's been a good... Uh, so, you cut yourself short again. What do you mean? Well, you do 120. Then no, you no, said no, no, 175. No. Sorry, 175. So I do an extra 25. Yeah. Because I missed a day. Yeah, but shouldn't you do the whole 120? So you should be doing 240 the next day? No, it's 150, bro. What, 150? Push-ups. Oh, I thought you said 120. No, no, 150. Oh, it's changing all the time. <laughs> no, mate, you just well, that's still out. Stuff. You should be doing 300. Yeah, I know, but I'm not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. Stop grilling me, cunt. It's my podcast. Dude, you just... <laughs> You're cheating but the see, system, this is why you're a professional athlete and I'm not. Yeah, but because look, now you're, just, now you're just working your way out of it again. You just come up with all these stupid ways how to get out of it, justifying it yourself. You're right. There's no just, there's no excuse. So I've Man. been doing it with Azza and Weaver and I'm pretty sure they haven't missed days. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. But why did we start talking about that? I don't know, because you always talk about it. I don't always talk about it. Yeah, no, I just felt like saying it. I, you know, not not even many people know, mate. But <laughs> you know what is good though. Like if you do talk, not not that many people watch the podcast or anything, right? But Why do you keep saying that? Because I don't want people to think that it's probably going to build up, dude. Like, yeah, it, I, I have no doubts that it will, but I don't want to act like. Geez, you're getting cocky already. See, that's exactly right. <laughs> I don't. If I start saying that, like, oh, you think yourself. so many people. Oh, you just look like a dick. Yeah, but you don't have to say anything. You don't reckon? Just don't bring it up. You don't say so you don't reckon I'd like because when you talk about you know what well Cairns is notorious for the whole like deadly bugger syndrome like people when you're from a small town like Cairns anyone that's doing good you always get a lot of people I reckon that talk shit and it's amplified yeah. in a smaller town who cares yeah. I reckon yeah you're right that's the move yeah that's why I don't go on social media yeah you know i just upload a few things here and there if you read all the comments man yeah you can't read the comments yeah that's no good but i think that you should self-audit yourself as well and if because i think you no, can get, you just let your friends do it i yeah, just let exactly. you do it <laughs> yeah, see, there, you go. there you go but are you gonna eat that mango or are you just gonna dance with it oh i'm just gonna so full, it's right full north queensland has got himself a mango come in with a snack you're the only uh you're the only bloke to come in the podcast prepared with a with a fruit and, oh, a, yeah. and knife hey my good buddy wade hunter this is a funny story so i get a mango like this and i cut the cheek off it right as you do yeah cut the cheek off it right and it looks like this and he goes where are the squares <laughs> oh no and i said what are you talking about no he and he's didn't. like you know the squares like when you flip it up and i was like 
Oh no. And this, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd throw you in there, Wade. I'm always thinking about you, mate. You always make me laugh. So do you want to show Wade how the squares get made? Yeah. So he just thought that all they these come years, stock like that. Yeah, that they just come prepped like that from Woolworths. There we go. For those just listening and not watching, Todd yeah. has perfectly prepared a mango. Now here comes so, the squares, Wade. Look, and then you just go boom like that, and then you just eat it. It's pretty um pretty good. But yeah, that was a funny one. What's that, Wade? He's a classic. Yeah, he's the best dude around. He's in Japan snowboarding right now for the Is first he? time. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. They like some people. Well, I mean, it's yes, yeah, not some people have the luck. Some people get get it good, right? His first ever time snowboarding. They've got some of the best snow ever in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just that dude. And he'll probably be so good at snowboarding too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll have to check my phone. I must I must have got the invite. I mustn't have seen it yet, eh? No, I, I must have got it. I must have got it too late or something. Yeah, yeah something must have happened. I didn't get invited either. Yeah. So what's the um? So what's the plan for you to go to the States? What to, what's the timeline we're looking at? How's it logistically? How are we making this happen? You know my style, mate. There is zero plans. The plan is to not have a plan. Yeah, just roll it. Do you need it. to go wash your hands? Just backpacking. No, I don't know. You good? Yeah, I'll just sit here for a bit. So, I'm gonna eat it soon. But so you're so you don't necessarily have like a lot of support to make this happen. Like you, your dad, and your cousin are gonna go over. Jill's yeah. gonna go over for a bit as well. Yeah, Jill's coming as well. So. Basically, I got a good team around me. Mechanics, uh, Jill's a physio. You know, she's doing all the flight booking, all that kind of crazy stuff. I'm just going to do the 120 push-ups. 50. 150. Don't cut it short. Eh? Don't cut it short, mate. <laughs> you get roasted. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're just bringing it together. So, like, Yarif's jumped on board. He's helping out a bunch. So, we've gone down, done some testing with Medi and just getting the bike sorted uh we'll go into a split rhythm that dave alice is running yeah that's gonna be cool yeah so, all. yeah so that's gonna be good it's alongside the v8 supercars it's gonna be a bit of fun so we'll go down there um and check that one out and then we'll go from there to uh over to new zealand we'll do the last two rounds so just get some racing new zealand tracks are a bit like america quite open and fast uh good people too yeah so uh yeah i'll go over there with new zealand honda uh blue wings honda so they're a different kind of setup so they actually own honda they import oh, the bikes they're like, the dealer yeah or like they're the distributor of honda yeah so they're they're their own honda like so they don't have any connections with other honda like around the world it's just them so yeah. uh, go do some stuff with them and then we'll fly straight from there to america that gives us about five weeks um yeah we'll go check out some vans and get a set up um, so what we're going to do is basically we're going to get a like a toy hauler, uh, like an RV uh, for people here in Australia. It's a motorhome, um, so it'll sleep, yeah, sleep all of us, and then there'll be like a workshop in the back of it. Yeah, and then we'll just load the bikes in, and yeah, we're just going to travel from each round, cruise around, and then yeah, hopefully we'll be able to stay over there and and do some riding like Supercross after the championship. Yeah. So Justin Brayton will then. He's going to race Supercross here for Honda. Um, so hopefully I can hook up with Justin, do some Supercross training over there, probably four or five weeks, and then fly back here and race our championship alongside him. And and yeah, the plan is to try and build momentum through that Supercross. So have a bit of a preseason Supercross uh, race Supercross here in Australia, which is, 
you know, the tracks are completely different to America, the surfaces and stuff, but it's still racing. It's still supercross. It's still, it's still racing. good. Um, we run a pretty good championship here, so hopefully build some momentum through that and uh, want to go do some supercross in the States the year after. So, yeah, if I'm pulling my finger out and get some results uh, to the level that I think I can achieve. Um, Will you race a lights class or 450 class? Probably just both. Just going to mad dog at Daryl Hurley style. Yeah, it's or, way no, too hard to pick. Uh, Daryl King. Yeah. What do you race like three classes a day or something? <laughs> Fucking savage. <laughs> and probably every bit of mediate on the oh. day he killed. <laughs> Have you seen that dude's quads, dude? Yeah. All right. No wonder he can Quadrosaurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that'll be sick. Yeah. Um, and do you have a idea on uh, like results? Like, do you know what you kind of to expect for yourself or... Oh, look. Every, just going in fully open-minded. Yeah, open-minded for me. And I've always done it like that, the underdog sort of mentality. And I feel as if you go over there and you're like, man, I want to win, you know, and you train to win. In the back of the mind, you know, you train to do the – I train to do the best that I can do. And, yes, you have results. So you'll come in and be like, oh, man, that's not where I should be or, or so on. But if you just go in there like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And it doesn't happen. And you go out and qualify and you're 15th that's a long way from winning and all of a sudden you're just like and you can't ride for the day like you're just done mentally done whereas you just go there and you're just like 15th man that's not where i should be moto one i'm putting in these guys are fast but i got the legs you know things like that yeah and it just helps me just it's just how i've always worked i don't need to i set goals to train hard and yeah i set goals i want that camper i want this i want you know i want to be standing on that box and uh at the end of the championship you know that's what i want uh i don't need to tell myself that i'm gonna win today like Mm. so i just go about things a little bit differently um so yeah that's sort of you know realistically i want to be in the top 10 and and i want to be you know pushing for top fives as well that's that's sort of where i feel that's what i'm training for yeah you know so that's what i i want to be i want to be one of those dudes that you know is up the pointy end of the field battling for it you know it's unrealistic for me to say oh i want to go over there and win because you know like tomac kenny these dudes they got programs set they got they live there they know the tracks it's gonna take expectations a bit bit different yeah like in just uh it's like i think that in sports momentum something that is built over years yeah like perfect again adam cincerello right i love that dude like yeah. he's the man yeah he's a, a friend of mine yeah and he came in he built momentum to racing pro motocross his entire life yeah his entire life was the lead up to that first supercross and he won yeah and then he won again and then he was leading the championship and then the dude in second went out Mm. and then he fucked his shoulders yeah and we've seen him building momentum now again over years yeah kenny kenny's in the same thing all the years of winning rch battling with dunge you know like won a championship at rch yeah battled with dunge winning supercross race that momentum had built to the point where last year he'd won those races yeah and he looked like he was unstoppable yeah then he crashed and then you've got to build that momentum again. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, going in with the plan of, 
doing the best and not just going there to win because you're right. Like it, it's, yeah. it's not, even if the talent and the speed and everything else was there, it would still be an unrealistic expectation Yeah, because you're going against guys that have done it before. Yeah. So I think it is a super smart way to approach it and go, I've got no experience on this particular spectrum of racing. Yeah. So it's like, I just don't, yeah, I just don't think anyone with that can really just go in there and be like, yeah, going to kill it. Yeah. But Hey, we're a racer. Like it I'm a racer. That's win. what I do. You, like, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't, but you I know. just think momentum's built yeah. over a long period of time. Yeah, that's right. And, but yeah, I'm a racer. Like I, I just said, like, you know, when I close my eyes at night, I don't dream about getting 10th. No. You know, I'm dreaming about winning and kicking butt. But the way that we get there is, you know, I'm, I'm planning to go over next year and show, yep. you know, that we work hard. That's what the Australians are known for is we work hard and we want it. That's uh, that's a fact. And I want to show the good traits about myself. And, and that's my goal is to land a ride. I want to be over there racing. So that's pretty much the gamble I'm taking. I've almost had a second chance. You know, I've come back from Europe and I've settled in and I've got it all cruising and, and it's um, all sweet, but I'm just like, man, what am I... Like, I can do this for, like, houses, set yourself, all that sort of rubbish. You can do that, like, Whenever. heaps of time. Yeah. got the rest of your life. Like, what am I doing here? I, I need to go racing. Like, yeah. And I just kind of just went, man, I'm, I've got to invest in my own career and uh, and make it happen. So that's basically, instead of investing in houses and stuff like that, I'm going to put my money into myself. Well, that paid off for Chad when he won yeah. that title with Suzuki. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah. And that's, yeah. It's, uh, I guess at the end of the day, like, fuck all the rest of it if it's what you want to do. Yeah. Like, you just saying, I want to race in America should be enough for everyone to go, oh, yeah, fucking good. Yeah. Sick. Like, I'll, I'll watch you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, justify it there's a bunch of ways you can justify yeah. it. just the fact that you want to do it means you should do it yeah exactly you know? and especially like physically you're in your prime age wise like Old you financially you yeah. you're fine yeah and you can do it so just have a crack like yeah. man it paid it paid off so big for cooper yeah because he did the exact same thing yeah and it's like i mean it's not like you look at someone else's thing and just try and do that like that it's i'm not saying yeah that's your reason for doing it but it's yeah. like it can work man yeah it's worked before like chad won a title off the back of taking out an insurance policy against himself and yeah like when you do things for the right reasons shit can really pay off yeah and it's a thing like things are stale man i'm stale mm. this year i'm walking around doing the same stuff and i was just so stale i was just eating mangoes man like so you mate we're just not good enough yeah like hanging around with us anymore. just cruising around eating mangoes all day surfing at burley like i can eat mangoes all for the rest of my life like <laughs> i'm gonna eat some tacos or something like go find something different like and that's how it is like as soon as i just it actually come from cody cooper he come over and raced manji mump and i was there alongside him and i was like dude all your racing's at the start of the year and you did some of the ama what do you do now and he's like oh yeah this and that but i'm going to race the outdoor championship next year and i was like what what the whole thing and he's like yeah just gonna get a camper just gonna go do it and cody's just simple. he's that dude too. just yeah you know just that is how it is you know i think like dude you're not on a factory ride you're not this you're not that how are you gonna get around all these things come into my head cody just goes 
I'm going to go and race the AMA championship and it all falls into place because everything works out. That's how it is. Yeah. And I went home and I was just like, I'm going to race the AMA championship. I want to be there slipping in behind Coops, passing him and peeing out the window onto his camper or something. You know, yeah. like that's, I just like, as soon as it's fun, I thought that thought coming to my mind, I was just like, man, that amped. I couldn't sleep at night go tell my old man my old man's skipping around like everyone that i talk to are just amped and it just feeds that yeah. energy is just feeding and man that's what winning feels like you just like everyone's pumped and so that's winning for me just going over there like yep. i'm i'm pretty excited it's gonna be sick it is pretty rad that like because i mean this like whether it's successful or whether it's not or the biggest thing that I love doing, and I, I don't know whether people know this, is like, I love when something comes from nothing. Yeah. To me, that's like the dopest shit ever. Yeah. Because like, sometimes like an iPhone, that wasn't an iPhone. Yeah. And it changed the world. And it's like, shit, not dude, everything has to- You're getting deep, eh? But not everything <laughs> has to change the world, but it's yeah. like, that's what fun, that's what you're right. Like, it does feel yeah. like a win because here it is, like you- at Manjimup and you're just getting ready to do the same thing you did every other year and then someone says something and then bang you have an idea yeah and then that like just the fact that you had that idea changes like the year or the fucking next five years or whatever yeah so it's like that's what's rad about like that's what I love doing so it's really cool when you're like I, yeah I can just relate to what you're saying it's like yeah it comes out of nowhere and then you're like damn like it just feels just having the idea yeah. itself feels like a win yeah kicking goals Kicking goals, taking names, throwing <laughs> red, getting head. <laughs> oh. Shit, dude, I'm going to polish this. Yeah, have a crack at your mango. Do you want one? No, nah, I'm good. Why not? Because uh, i got a Red Bull, too much fucking sugar. I'm ODing as it is. Only getting drinking. The mangoes it. have sugar in them. Yeah. Yeah, they're full of sugar, mate. Oh, that's good. Less sugar than a Red Bull. Uh, what else did you come to talk about? Um, I don't know. There's no pressure to really talk about anything. Actually, what? what about? So I had the idea. We're going over, going over the states. Talking to your microphone. Can't you hear that dude, it sounds I'm, better, dude? I'm trying to eat something right now. Oh, listen here. Listen here, mate. Uh, Brodo, I had this idea. Can you hear me now? Yeah, mate. My name's Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a wanker. <laughs> You can't put that in there. Right? I don't know. Maybe we're gonna have to. Oh shit! Um, I'm trying to be responsible. Nah, yeah. So try less. The reason why is because Honda, are a pretty corporate company, and I'm trying to represent them well. You know, as you can see, you know that. Um, I don't know if Jats has got in trouble, but I feel like people on the corporate end of um, of Honda. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's Honda. I don't so I don't want to say I don't know who it is, but I hear that people are like oh Jack shouldn't be posting the way he's posting and things like <laughs> like it's not it doesn't fit yeah. like the Dungey model sort of mm. thing, which it doesn't at all. It's like the opposite thing. Yeah, but fuck me, I love watching the videos mm. he makes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like dude that and obviously people like it too because he's getting so many followers and like people yeah. for like. I have so many people mention what like his videos and shit. Yeah, and they're so raw and rustic and just, just him, funny. Like, and it's like <laughs> everyone now gets to see the kid that we've seen grow up since he was on a sixty. Yeah, like people don't know, Jats probably has won more Aussie titles than 
Like, he'd be up there, eh, of, like, guys that's won Aussie titles, you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. A bit like, Harris Brennan's probably the dude. But, yeah. like, Jats was a little savage. And, like, I remember pushing his bike, yeah. his 85, in the back of the van after the last Matt Coolum where he won the Australian title. And his whole, like, headset <laughs> was loose. And then he comes, well, I'm like, well, did you know that there was like that? And he's like, nah. That was like um, Wade hopped on his bike, rode it for like half a lap, ride straight back, and he's like, dude, your bars aren't even straight. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the kid that It's like, awesome. That's what we love about Yeah, Jats. that's the kid that we love, right? Yeah. And like, everyone that knows Jats is just like, mate, he's the biggest legend ever. Yeah. And like, so yeah, that what he's doing with his videos and stuff, like, that's just him. Yeah. Like, that's fully him being him. And like... I don't know Dean Ferris that well, but I yeah. guarantee that Dean Ferris that's on the podium isn't the Dean Ferris that's hanging around with his mates. Yeah, surely not. So it's like, and that's not, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but yeah. it's, diff- it's different. But yeah. when you're seeing Jats on the podium, he's like drinking champagne and then flicking his hair yeah. back. Like, that's the dude that he is hanging around with his mates. Yeah, so like, that's how it should be. Isn't it sick to like see a young yeah. kid come along, not feel the pressure of like yeah. bit the Dungy syndrome or, the, you know what I mean? Like the super pump deal. Yeah like it's so <laughs> sick it's, and I love how's that YouTube video what's that that super pumped one I haven't seen it oh I won't go it. into it then I'll have to look. is he just is it like a super pump compilation yeah just like everything he's super pumped about <laughs> but that's what I mean like how good's America for that like they just make some cool wacky stuff yeah they do mate. have you seen Donald Trump says China yeah <laughs> <laughs> China <laughs> But like that's it. It's just so sick. And then like, I don't, and again, I don't know if anyone's actually getting mad at him. But when I hear people say like, "Oh, he's getting a bit of heat for it," like yeah. I don't know where it's come from. But it's like, fuck. It's like, don't ruin our one chance of yeah. like actually having some fun on the podium. Yeah. Because like, man, some of that shit is so good. <laughs> I will say though, he's still a pup in the game. He admitted it. <laughs> at his 21st he he came to uh, he came to Toby's now infamous uh, Australia Day party which I'm pretty glad you weren't at yeah (laughs) because it would have been worse yeah but uh, we like we got in the Uber and left and he's like damn dude I thought I was loose (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like yeah man you are you haven't seen anything yet and you left at 10 o'clock yeah so pretty he's still there's still some innocence there yeah so what um what are you doing with your training? It's been a bit different this year. Yeah, we keep going like serious to fucking <laughs> lose, <laughs> serious lose. No, well, I wanted that's what I was gonna say. I wanted to talk to you about um. So basically, I wanted to create. I don't know. I just wanted people to be able to see what we're doing. Like we're going to buy a camper. We're going to do this and that, and like we're going to live the dream in in America. So basically, we've yeah jill's got a bunch of camera gear and all this weird stuff and gonna we just want to do some like just raw sort of edits edits so i've been watching a bit of stuff like that um the surfers do yeah and it's like you know vlogging yeah like just pretty raw stuff scotty does a good job um at the snowboarding like that just that's what i think could be cool about our sport yeah because i raced the world championship and there's so many crazy stories and we went to argentina and we went to some third world countries like just things that you just don't expect and never no one's seen that or no one knows about it i didn't know about it it doesn't get shown on the broadcast yeah and america probably won't be as exciting in that terms of things like i uh, go to brazil and 
you know it's one of the only countries where the rainforest meets the ocean like it's it's beautiful and chicks walking around g-strings like that's what they do over there and yeah, their culture it's just so okay like it's just completely different like and it would have been cool to just be able to blog it like follow it a little bit yeah. and share it with people so yeah i was going to talk to you about doing something like that like and yeah i was talking to you about doing like a bit of an intro thing and yeah i don't know starting off like here in australia and going to new zealand and yeah i just want to show like yeah our experience like racing the championship like what it's actually like you know yeah. we see the the dungies that are on the podium and all that sort of stuff and sometimes you go to mx cribs and go to you know uh, mtv cribs with ricky carmichael and sees mad big house and that but you don't actually see anything like you don't that. feel like you're actually getting a chance to hang out with ricky carmichael yeah whereas in these videos that you're talking about and even to a certain extent jats's stuff like yeah. you kind of feel like you're hanging out with the guy yeah and you and it's like because you know that there's like okay the podium ricky can't and i know the podium ricky carmichael yeah. is very different to the real ricky carmichael yeah so like yeah trying to bridge that gap and show people yeah what it's actually like yeah i think it's a fucking awesome idea like i'm so, gonna be watching it yeah i think that's a a little bit of an opening that i don't know i've, I've seen and i want to i want to be a part of it i see that that's easily achievable in our day and age with yeah it's so camera easy. gear super cheap and and whatever you can even just do it on your phone any like dickhead really. can make videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was that one dream ride or something yeah i don't know like, yeah yeah dream guy or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yes voter uh, <laughs> yes voter oh god uh, we won't go there we may offend a few people i don't mind did you see my facebook post about offending people no i'm actually kind of pissed off about the whole like offended thing it is for another time but yeah. I, I, I did a posted facebook rants before (laughs) (laughs) i don't even go on facebook man there's too much i just want to see photos i want to see videos like i kind of get upset sometimes like yeah jill's always on to me she's like oh man you need to post like i don't know some some just stuff like at the beach like not just moto stuff on instagram i'm like no man like no one wants to see like, this shit. I stopped following people because they're putting photos up of them and their girlfriend at the beach and this sort of stuff. I just want to see... I, want to, I follow a BMX dude because he's doing flips and stuff and crazy stuff. I follow a surfer because he's in the barrel. I don't want to see him, what he's eating and what MasterChef cook-up he's having at home. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> that's just me because I'm just die hard. Like, yeah. If I want to see cooking, I follow MasterChef or I go on Pinterest. I keep it separate, you go on man. Pinterest? Yeah, dude. Oh, no. Have you not seen the car stuff on there? No. I don't look at Pinterest. Oh, yeah. I'm too busy with my well, other Why are medias. you commenting? No, because it's traditionally a very female social media if is you it? look at the statistics. Is that why Eli Wilson has it under his wife's name? I think Eli in any form of any conversation is an outlier that we, should, <laughs> that we shouldn't put to normal society <laughs> love you Eli yeah sick nah okay yeah no that makes sense yeah just follow the people you want to follow and post the stuff you want to post yeah so kind of I guess we're wanting to start up a bit of a YouTube channel because yeah you got to keep it separate I feel like and you can make money off it too to be honest like what you're doing is you're going to be a private you're not going to be making money YouTube's yeah. a pretty solid way to make money I think it's like oh I'm going to butcher it yeah I'm not even going to say the stat but it's like per 10,000 views you can make X amount of money oh, so yeah. I mean if you can like 
there's no one really doing it. Yeah. So I'm like, if you can do a good job of it. Yeah. I think, actually, you know what? Christian Craig, have you started watching? He's been doing a vlog series. Has he? No, yeah. I haven't. And it's very, very similar, actually. Like, yep. pretty much the day that you mentioned it to me. Yep. I saw him say... Dog, you told him. I did tell him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. He, I, like, saw a thing. So, like, new vlog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay, that's pretty sick. And yep. then, like, his wife's doing it and they're in a bubble like what you'll see from them is the same every single weekend yeah getting on a plane yeah getting to the Geico semi the bike's already on the stand checks his sag yeah has a massage by Dr. G yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like so you like I think that if we're to look at a creating a point of difference being a privateer and a toy hauler yeah with you your dad your cousin your girlfriend and I want to pull up at like a job site and I don't know, give a prize to one of the dudes that can do a stand-up doughy on me bike or something. Like, yeah, do shit like that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I imagine that. I don't know, just like cool stuff. Because, you know, like as 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 wacky as Keisha was, people love that guy. Oh, yeah. People I, loved him. I love him. I raced I mean? him. Like, he's my age. Like, we raced all the way Is through. Your si- age? Yeah, I raced him on 65. Dude, I always thought he was so much younger than you. Yeah. Not even because he was smaller. Yeah. No, it's like Ty... Him and myself, we race each other all the way through. Yeah, right. I thought yeah. you were a different age. Anyway, sorry, I yeah. interrupted you. I think, oh, it might be 12 months, but we always race each other. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I watched his new, I don't know, like his, the video on him, like a bit of a blog, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's super interesting. Was it the one that um, Brett Trigg did? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, where he's like... Like talks about his career and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like JDR and all that it's stuff. sick, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. And that's what sort of gave, I gave me a bit of an idea. I had an idea there, but because of what I have done and I'm like, man, that would have been sick, like yeah. doing something like that. Then I watched Josh and because I know him so well, it was uh, like he's disappeared. Yeah. Like I come back from Europe. I haven't seen the dude for years. Yeah. He might've come road one supercross, but he's just gone. And then to hear his story and where he's been and that kind of stuff was, it touched me. It was yeah. sick. I loved it. And that's where I was like, man, it, it's kind of cool, like, that people can follow someone. Yeah. To see... And now it's, like, the time to do it, man. Like, if you... It's so, um, like, before the internet and before Instagram and before Facebook and all that stuff, right? Yeah. For people to see you or hear you, you have to be on TV or you have to be on radio. And, like, there's... You can't really say that there's, like... A, everybody has an equal chance to get on TV or radio. Mm. Like if I like, so I've been doing a podcast, the Toby thing has like 25,000 views, right? Yeah. So even still with me putting out a podcast that has 25,000 views on Facebook or whatever, if I walk to a radio station, Mm. I doubt I'd get a chance. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. So before this whole thing, before the internet, like you had to go to a radio station, you had to like do an audition and some dude could say yes or no to you. Mm. And then that was it. Like yeah. you either were on TV or you weren't on TV. And the amount of spots that were available for people to be on TV or radio is like 30, 40, 50. Yeah. So, but now it's like everyone can do it. And then like you just put it out and then the people decide if they want to watch it or not. But like what you do, like, you know, back in the day you would have had to do the channels like get yep. a degree yep go in and be like hey guys like um this is my education yeah this is what i have done and all this stuff whereas that's the cool thing with you you're just like man 
Like we're just in Cairns. I'm best mates with your brother. That's how I met you. I sprayed your, your mad jeans. I mean, that, eh? Troy Lee design pants. <laughs> I was so pissed for so long. I don't know what happened there. Just got whiskey on that spray can. Oh, I know what happened. Throttle got I know stuck what on. Happened. It was my first experience of a classic stitch up. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging around the Moto Boys. That's what I knew. I was like, this little fucking sponsored asshole just thinks he can come and paint my $200 pants that I had to buy. That's how he was. He just cracked it I at me. I spat it, eh? And I only just met the guy and I was like, well, don't stand there, dude. Like, I don't mean to be a dick, but don't walk your pants around like that. <laughs> And then anyway, oh man, that was classic. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. So what, where were we at? I don't know. You said that you met me in Cairns and you spray painted my pants, and then I got I got flashbacks. I'm triggered. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuck in those days. I'm thinking of your swimming pool and like oh. your shit next to it. Yeah, Todd used to like live with us when he'd do TAFE because many people don't know Todd's actually a qualified tradesman. Yeah. So like the, it's the, not hard to believe. No, but it's not normal. Yeah. What, aren't like the dudes in Europe and America that race, aren't they tradies? No, Roxon oh. Roxon was a chippy. <laughs> no, 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 he never was. No, he hey, was just a motocross prodigy. Please be aware that Americans might be listening to this and they don't know your slang. He like a, a chippy. A builder. Yeah. yeah, builder. That's better, mate. So, but no, like that's what, yeah, it is cool. Like now you can, so like if you want Oh, that's to, where I was going. You can stop talking now. Oh, sorry. Enough with the questions. yeah so um that's what was kind of cool like i met yourself through maddie and i used to come down there and stay at tafe and yeah just run a mark go riding pushy and stuff and then one day i just remember you being like i'm just i'm gonna start this website (laughs) and i was just like oh yeah sick (laughs) and like you started mx daily and it turned into what was it MX monthly or something? MX yearly. Oh, like yearly. <laughs> MX let the subscribe, let the website run out domain. <laughs> yeah, so like Jace is just. Did you? You didn't work, eh? Nah, well, like I worked for. So, right what did you of, do? Right out of school. I oh, because you didn't have any money because I always used to shout you, bro. What are you talking? You used to shout me Subway a bit. <laughs> I will say that. Forgot that wallet, eh? Oh, I always forgot the wallet. That's where the gypsy comes from. Yeah. But no, look, first out of school, I worked in the brick factory. Oh, yeah. And I worked from three in the afternoon till three in the morning. Throwing- Is that Nutrigrain? No, the Besser. Oh. What, yeah. So, I thought you worked at Nutrigrain Brick Factory. No. Mum's you know the Nutri-Grain? Yeah, no, nah, they were a bit heavier than that. Oh. <laughs> worked there. Oh, you did the real deal. The real bricks. Yeah. And then I worked at the council. Mowing, I used to whip a snip the highway. Oh, yeah. So I did that. And then I got a job at Kawasaki and yeah. then Honda. And then while I was working at Honda, I started writing magazine articles for Ureve. Yeah. And I would send all the magazine articles into Ureve. Yeah. And then Ureve finally said, yeah, you should come down to Melbourne and I'll give you a job. So I moved down to Melbourne and it only yeah. lasted six months. I couldn't stand him. Yeah. And um, probably my fault as much as his. Yeah, he just clashed. Yeah, we just didn't get on. And um, ironically, told me I'd never work in motocross again. Yeah. Did yeah. do that eventually. <laughs> but no, like it, it was just the... I I didn't enjoy the, the um, magazine side of it and then verb moto was what inspired me because yeah. verb did videos and i was like i want to do videos because yeah. i loved watching them so then just 
fluke randomly worked out that I was able to, like, I just picked up making videos pretty easily. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, I just, yeah, then I found out that I did like making stuff that was nothing. And then people could watch it and whatever yeah well that's what was cool like you know you you put like so many crew go to uni and do all these degrees yeah and you were just like oh i'm just gonna start this website up and you just started this website and it actually worked like and i was like for my brain i'm trying maddie hooks me up with myspace and instagram and facebook and stuff like he's the one that introduced me to all that kind of stuff and um now maddie runs all my social media as well so it turned from us just being kids and uh yeah maddie get me on msn and all this weird stuff and yourself yeah creating like websites and stuff that blew me away and then you went on to doing like dream world uh dream ride yeah dream ride um like these films that like i watch these things and i'm just like dude it's like it's a credit yeah, and that's thanks, dude. that's where i'm sort of saying like that's what i, I think is really cool because you see the the old day and age of like you got to go to university and yes you do when you're doing the doctor stuff yeah. and that but it's cool like this day and age like yeah you don't need to for that man stuff. you just honestly you can get a camera you can even type in youtube how to do it yeah like there'll be Dude, something i went to there. youtube university for sure well, like, i was insane i will say like i got lucky in the sense that i'm probably like the first generation of dudes like i'm 29 so i'm 30 this year Mm. i don't think before me not me personally but between before my age group i don't think the whole youtube university thing would work yeah i think i was like just got super lucky to figure out that that was there because like i will say when i first started editing and doing all this like uh, wordpress wasn't really around like i had to pay a a legit programmer it was like eight thousand dollars to build mx daily yeah and it was a shit website yeah so like i was pre like all the stuff maddie builds now like he can build himself by learning through youtube and then it's only like some of the more complex stuff that you have to like pay programmers and stuff to do but like so that wasn't there the film stuff like alan hardy who you know he's also from Cairns. he worked at channel 10 for years he did like the whole film and tv so like we're the same age so he got into it a couple years before me and because he was a couple years before me he fully had to go through like the channel 10 and all that yeah he's now one of the best filmmakers in australia hands down yeah and doing like million dollar super cheap commercials and stuff like that so if anyone in australia is listening that's seen the super uh super cheap commercials alan yeah. did that so and dude i would like when i first got a camera i'd call alan and be like hey man how do i start like a new project like i just yeah. got final cut yeah it's like for real there was no youtube and then yeah. like it was only around like the time when i was editing dream actually that i could like go and look at shit yeah. online like that so yeah we um but i guess what i was saying before is that you used to have to walk into it like so why you would have to walk into a radio station or a tv station or like say I've got a pilot for this TV show mm. or hey I'm Todd Ward like oh, let's say I'm Daryl King and I'm a motocross rider and I want you to follow me around with the camera yeah and um put this on TV yeah like exactly what you're gonna do you, you Daryl Daryl King I'm gonna go to America and I'm gonna do this Get, yeah. send a TV crew and then we'll put it out they've got like so then there'd be a filter between you that's trying to make this show and then the people that could potentially watch this show and then there was a dude in the middle that would go 
nah, oh, fuck. Like, it was his job to decide whether enough people would want to watch it oh, yeah. to where it would make money. Yeah. So now what's happened with YouTube is, like, so this podcast, I go, this is my idea for a podcast. I want to talk to Todd Waters. I think that there would be enough people out there that would watch it to, like, warrant me doing it, which yeah. is, let's say, 50. 50 yeah. people watch this then that like are interested in you then i'm stoked that those people get to do it yeah but in the days of tv a guy would go how long is it two hours nah like 50 people watching todd waters for two hours on tv just sorry man your show doesn't air yeah so like same with like daryl king nothing yeah Yeah, so daryl sorry mate like motocross is pretty small not enough we've done these demographic studies not enough of our demographic will enjoy watching motocross yeah so that they don't show it on tv now with youtube all you do is go oh i've got how many people you got on instagram yeah do you know know. well yeah let's say you got twenty thousand people on instagram right oh well i got twenty thousand people on instagram that are interested enough in me to watch so i'm just going to make a video i'm just going to put it out there yeah there's no dude in the middle anymore telling you what they think the people will like there's only the people yeah and then the people they give you a thumbs up or they give you a thumbs down and they yeah. go, oh, that was sick or dude, that was shit. And then it just becomes like this totally open thing where you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And now you're in that position. Like, look at Jax. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He didn't, yeah. he's not like, no, he didn't have to go to someone and say, hey, I want to make these videos for my, um, for my Instagram. Do you think people will watch them? Yeah. Just did it. Yeah. And then people decide. Yeah. So like that, that's what's cool that you're in that position now to do that you don't yeah. need anyone to tell you you can yeah no you just do it and see how you go with it it's pretty sick yeah it's a definitely a, an interesting time but there is a downside of it that there's just so much fucking shit out there to look at <laughs> 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 yeah. the good with the bad well man i don't watch tv ever now yeah ever i just watch youtube yeah well man when you dude i watched the news the other day when i was doing some foam roller and i was just like man is this stuff really happening in Australia? Oh. Like, honestly, the news is just out of control. So that's another day. Yeah, it's pretty... It's weird. Yeah. It's only going to get weirder too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, what are you doing with your training? Because you've got new training. That, I feel like that's important. Yeah, so pretty much um, I've got the same trainer. So Jarrah, he's based himself down in Melbourne and we've been working together since 2009. And um, so he knows me inside and out. And that's... Uh, that's the biggest thing for me because as an athlete you just train you get so motivated after races and so on you just want to smash yourself so he's uh the one that monitors all the numbers and the science of it all and he tells me when to go hard and when not to so that's a big part um jill's a physio so she looks after takes care of all that side of it um i've got a few injuries throughout the years so she keeps my body moving moving good um and in line most importantly uh yeah so that's pretty much we're heading down tomorrow so we we cruise off tomorrow and uh we're going to spend a few days with ben townley that's um, gonna be sick yeah so that's going to help on the bike so have you done much be with ben before no i've, you've never... I've just raced ben a couple of times so you've met him and stuff like yeah so obviously everyone's different when you're like when In you're race mode racing versus, someone yeah. so i don't know ben from a personal side um so I'm, he is a full legend yeah so i'm keen to yeah. i'm keen to see that side of ben and and to work with him because yeah he's he's a ninja at that sort of yep. kind of stuff so i'm pretty excited for that yeah ben uh 
I met him at motocross and like of nations in 2010. So that yeah. was like my first real thing I ever went and yep. did internationally. And I was just like, so like wide eyed. Yeah. Like, and he was just such a good dude. Yep. And like, it's funny because when you're a, don't you reckon when you're a kid, you never really feel like a kid. Yeah. Like you always feel like you're the same age. Yeah. So like, well, we were watching that video that you Reeve sent you today. Yeah. Of like you, when you first won that race, like when you first Dude. won that 450 race, well, how old are you? Like 17, 18? Yeah. 18. My first 450 win. And like you watch it now and yeah. you look at yourself like, oh my God, I was such a kid. But then yeah. when you were there, you felt like you were the exact same Todd Ward as you are now, right? Oh man. When I was there, I was just like, like, yeah, I'm just, it's me. Like I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. I look at me now. I don't have any hair on me face. Like, yeah, like nothing. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, it's pretty funny. So I look at, so I look at um, the first time I met Townley because he's one of my heroes. Yeah. And I'm like, now that I'm older, I look back and I like him even more. Yeah. Because I was just such a fucking dork kid. <laughs> yeah. And he was still nice to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I wonder if I would have been that nice to me. <laughs> like it's, you know what I mean like that same kid that like if I came up to myself I would have been like what is this loser you know what I mean so like you get a dude like Tiamli. you'd be such a douche I reckon I would be such a dick to myself yeah, I, yeah. So I reckon you would be that's what I'm saying like I got so much more respect for Townley yeah. as a dude looking back at myself going like you were a fucking dipshit kid. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be cool with Townley <laughs> Uh, so you're going to enjoy hanging out with him yeah no that would be good so yeah we cruise down there um, down to Sydney where are you what oh you're going to uh, Melrose's place right yeah Melrose's going down to Lawson Boppings as well uh, I haven't been to either track so that's exciting as well apparently um, Boppo's got some pretty good tracks down there yeah he's got some big jumps because that's what he likes doing so yeah. who's that guy that um, he races Konski's bikes at the Vets real big dude Cashy Cashy yeah are you gonna ride his place no I don't he's down in Melbourne isn't he nah he's in Sydney like Canberra way it's down that way oh okay well that's near Lawson right yeah yeah because you should go right there for jobs he was showing me some videos those things are builders yeah (laughs) yeah no it'd be cool I've uh, spoke with Cashy he wants me to come down like he's super keen to do some riding Um, but yeah I just gotta find my way down there we're down there but uh, I think it's Just all booked time. in. Yeah. Like we got four days riding and it's all planned out. So, yeah. Good I'll shit. Just tag along. What else do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty good, eh? I've got to go to the gym. Do you? Yeah. What time is it? 5.30. Jeez. Missed calls. Just flat. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been doing an hour and... A half. All right, I think my laptop, I thought it was plugged in, but it's not. So, Todd, you're yeah. a legend. Fucking love you. I should tell you that you're a good dude more than I do. <laughs> don't do that. I love you, mate. I don't like it. I like getting cut down. I know. You're a good kid. You've always been a good kid, and you're a good mate. So. Oh, Ross Beaton, he's a good kid, eh? Remember that? <laughs> MX Nationals. Who said that? Oh, one of the videos. It just sticks in the my MX head. The MX Daily Motocross Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That went big, too. Yeah. All right, mate. Good job. Appreciate it. I'll probably surf with you anyway. No, I'm probably not going to see you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming back. You're not going anywhere, are you? Uh, I'll probably go back up to Cairns. Why? Got to go do shit, mate. I'm bloody busy. I dude, can't sit still. Too I remember long. talking to you. You're up there and you're just like, dude, I've got to come down here and do some work. I know, but I've done work. I've done like five podcasts in three days. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Work done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Todd Waters. Uh, you're a champ. And 
everyone's going to be keen. And when I'm back in America, we'll do another podcast, maybe from the motorhome. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.